I represent the rent that's too damn high party. People are working eight hours a day and 40 hours a week to some a third job. Women can't afford to take care of their children, feed their children breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My main job is to provide a roof over your head, food on the table, and money in your pocket. This is politics as usual. Playing a silly game, it's not going to happen. The rent too damn high movement, the people I'm here to represent can't afford to pay their rent. They're being laid off right now as I speak. They can't eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Listen, someone's stomach, child's stomach just growled. Did you hear it? Got to listen like me. Okay, let's Mr. talk McMillan. about the issue. Mr. People can't Mr. afford Mr. to Cuomo, pay their rent. Mr. 30 seconds for you, sir. Rent is too goddamn high. All right, everyone, welcome to Gundam at MHQ. This is a landmark episode because uh, unless the government changes the requirements, uh, Gundam is now officially receiving Social Security. So we'd like to thank all the taxpayers out there for our our monthly stipend that we're receiving. And yeah, and don't touch my Social Security now because I'm going to get my tricorn hat and my little musket and I'm going to start marching. <laughs> so you're gonna single-handedly win the war like Mel Gibson did in The Patriot? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Kind of, kind of funny now when you think back of uh, Mel Gibson like saving the world or, or history according to Mel Gibson, and we know like Mel Gibson's history now, especially his history <laughs> with alcoholism and his history of bigotry racism. and racism. <laughs> Kind of you get blanked by a bunch of blanks, you blank and deserve it, you blankety blank. I'm just surprised he never did Mel Gibson Tells the Civil War. That would have been fun. Or Mel, Mel Gibson Tells the Holocaust. That would have been a real fun one. Well, I think some people think that Jesus Christ movie was um, the, what, which one was that? The, um, Passion of the Christ. Is that what that was? Okay. It was. That had the Jesus in it. And uh, people love that movie. But, uh, yeah, so this is episode 65 of Gundam and MHQ, And, of course, I'm always... Joined by uh, Chris and Solbro, uh, guys. How are you? Sup? Yo. Uh, any 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 things going on in the land of Solbro or land of Chris that needs to be exclaimed to the masses before we uh, begin this uh, episode here? I uh, will take a page from Solbro's book and mention that I was on another podcast. Oh, I know. Awesome. There Which I'm go. sure has him, you know, burning with jealousy, right? <laughs> I'm I'm so hateful right now. I'm hateful. He's probably he's probably He's probably like, I have more ticks than Chris, though. You know, you have like, you put like the ticks on your gun or whatever, or like on this, you know, on Susie. He has, you know, or or, or if this is like, my gun. There are many others like it, but this one is mine. Or if you were fighter pilots, I guess you would have microphones for each podcast you're on, and, you know, for your for your kills. Anyway, I was on the um, Decoration Disorder Disconnection podcast hosted by um, one of our well-known listeners Holy jesus uh, christ what the hell kind of name is that it's a long name yeah what is that it, quadruple d or something you could just call it d3 if you want d3 yeah. d's man and uh it's hosted by um the suspicious red suspicious red lamp aka xavier who's a big fan of gundam so nice. we talk about a little bit about gundam there and we talk about uh you know 
getting out of the robot field, we go into Higurashi no Nakukorone, great mm-hmm. uh, suspense horror series, and talk about uh, some other stuff. So it's a good good times, and uh, I probably will mangle the URL, which I can't remember right now anyway, and I'm too lazy to look up. So I will just advise that you go to the show notes because Sobro will just be very kind enough to put them there for me. He will be. He will be. There you go. <laughs> and, 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 to, um, and just to let the audience know, the Suspicious Red Lamp is uh, one of our favorite French Canadians. He's awesome. But, um, because he's not Peter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. And also props to Bakuhatsu and the other hosts of the show. Um, they, they, I, I listened to the episode. I thought it was really cool. And um, you guys, you guys y'all, y'all ran the train Define on me. cool. Especially the part where we make fun of you. <laughs> Every five seconds. <laughs> Solbro, uh, the the new fall schedule's all out for TV. How's that working for you? Man, I haven't really watched a lot of TV actually. No. Um, Why are you lying? I'm not lying. I haven't watched a lot of new shows. I've got I've, I've got Hulu at my disposal, but I haven't put it to use yet. I've just kept up with the shows I usually keep up, and maybe two or three new shows that are on now. And trust me, when fall usually starts up, man, I'm I'm busy watching TV. But two I'll, or three or five or six or seven or nine or ten or twelve, you there know you how go. that goes. There you go. <laughs> Too busy playing Street Fighter. Too busy. No. <laughs> but no, that, other than that, not much going on on my end. Okay. Well, um, in this episode, uh, we're going to be speaking with Andreas. I know in last episode, um, we had some technical problems, and this was regarding the whole um, model building fandom and in terms to the Nikong blog uh, spot going down and some of his thoughts about the, uh, the modeling community and, um, you know, I guess, sharing some of the frustrations that... Uh, Nagi uh, had, you know, vented on his um, on his website, you know, due to the the closure of his website from this point on, and uh, and the, and we're gonna have a separate segment of um, some cliches that we're kind of tired of when it comes to uh, science fiction, American science fi, and, and American movies in general, and even some TV shows in general, and um, you know, some. Be- Basically, this is based on an article that Chris read dealing with the whole thing about, like, you used to have it where if the president was black for the United States and it was the future, well, yeah, we kind of black president now, so I guess we're in the future. So it, it's, it kind of goes in that thing of, like, you know, what would be, um, what's going to replace that? So we talk about that a little bit and then some of the, the cliches that, you know, definitely annoy us when it comes to all that stuff. So, um, but before we begin... I'd like to uh, do some news, and I'd like to thank all the posters out there that posted to the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles site, and um, you know, just continue on doing what you're doing. And um, the first one here is from uh, Nasty Nate, um, and he's got uh, a link to the uh, News uh, Cosmic Era blog, and on the Bandai's, Bandai Channel's website, Anime News Network, and Animate, Anime Channel, you get to see the first 14 minutes of the second episode of Gundam UC. What? I still don't think it's going to make the release date. Until that release date happens, I still don't believe it. So stop sending me this propaganda. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate, and I'd like to encourage anybody that remembers what it's been such a long time ago what Gundam UC or Gundam Unicorn was. So uh, I guess you'll have to watch uh, the first episode to understand what the what the first 14 minutes are going to be going because I'm going to have to do the same thing. So um, thank you, Mr. Um, Mr. Nasty Nate, for your submission there. And the uh, second article I have here is from Furious Rodimus, 
and he actually put up two uh, two posts, and uh, they're both from the Anime News Network. And check his links because it's kind of funny. I find this kind of funny because of um, one of the uh, past never we we one of the past uh, products we endorsed but never got paid for. Um, <laughs> and uh, there there's some pictures here of in Japan they did an SDF Macross uh, cake at a wedding and a core fighter a one one core fighter Whoa. so. Yeah, uh, just what the uh, every Macross fan would love, uh, the SDF-1 at your wedding cake. Um, Solbro, I'm surprised you never had a, like a, a Street Fighter, like a Ryu cake at your wedding. Oh, I was very surprised about that, oh, actually. Man. I know they can do that at Publix. Is, so. No, I've, I've, I know what Solbro's secret plan is. When Street Fighter Five comes out, he's yeah. going to convince yeah. his wife that they have to renew their vows and do the wedding all over again. Well, that's that, that, the Street Fighter cake. That'll be that'll be what about 12, 15 years from now. Because Word. if it, if Capcom does its same old thing, we'll be on Street Fighter Four for quite a while. We'll have Redux and Super Samoan. It's like Ava all over again. Gives me time to plan. So um, <laughs> the great segue though, and I like to thank Mr. Uh, Furious Rodimus for his post there. But this is for Ranjins, and uh, there's some Gundam game news. Oh, um, one of Chris's games that he's got on uh, pre-order. Uh, Gundam Musai 3 or Dynasty Warriors 3 it's been announced uh, some of the new suits that you can get on there uh, Chris and uh, I hope you didn't read this so I, I, wanted, I want to be the first one to surprise you number one Death Scythe Hell from Gundam Wing yeah and oh another suit from one of your favorite Gundam shows Stardust Memories uh, the GP2 the, the Fissilis or you know the Syphilis whatever that thing is called <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that, it just sounds like... I, I just feel like I'm watching one of those commercials, like, do you have genital warts? Well... That sounds like a horrible Gundam. Fissilis can help. <laughs> and they show, like, these people all happy and running and stuff, and I don't know. And the Sinanju, uh, piloted by Mullet Char himself, full frontal. And that's from uh, Gundam Unicorn. So, uh, Chris, uh, any comments on the, the new additions to Gundam Dynasty Warriors 3? It's so exciting! I can't wait for more. Did you did you finally pay it off yet? <laughs> it's so exciting! I can't wait for more. <laughs> Hear the enthusiasm in his voice. It's perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Rijens, for your submission there. And uh, this is another one for he Carl Rez, and uh, this is um, Japan. You know Japan. And uh, once again, they're really thinking of the American and the Western Gundam fan. Because uh, Japan's going to get the Blu-ray and DVD version of the Double O movie on Christmas. <laughs> so, um, if you're Japanese or you live in Japan, uh, have fun with that. And please put those up online as soon as possible. So we can see it in Blu-ray glory. But um, I'm not saying that. But uh, there's going to be two versions of the Blu-ray. The standard and complete edition. So I'm sure the complete edition is very complete. And especially completely more expensive for... It, completely much more expensive than what you're actually getting so i'm sure that's um you know that that'll be good and and the the deadline for that edition to for pre-order is november 14th so all you guys that want to waste your money on a blu-ray uh that will probably won't have japanese or american subtitles go ahead and do that and then put it on the internet not really but kind of so um and that's about it because oh, really I, I've got one. Oh, okay, hold on. 
I'd just like to thank everybody for submissions to uh, the NEOS listener, listener Submitted News article site. But wait, this just in. Oh, this is our roving reporter, Solbro Ryu, coming out of Orlando, Florida with some breaking news. Oh Solbro, what has happened now? Check this out, man. Um, actually, on the, um, on the thread, Gundam Type Zero submitted a, a bit of news that is actually um, of interest to me because I'm a big fan of this mangaka. Um, uh, Urasawa, Naoki Urasawa is a, is a favorite manga artist of mine, and he's done series like Monster and... Um, 20th Century Boys and whatnot. Well, he recently did a, uh, a manga adaptation of a storyline from um, Astro Boy, or in Japan it's Tetsuan Adam, called Pluto, which is based on the main antagonist from that story arc. And it's kind of like a cyberpunk detective story in the future, and everybody's like a bit more realistic in their depictions, all the characters you already know from Tetsuan Adam. And it's an eight-volume manga series that just finished publishing here in America from Viz, and uh, Universal picked up the rights to it, to turn it into a, a, a movie. I don't know if it's going to be of live action. Of course they did. Or whatnot. Well, it, I mean, because reading Because uh-huh. all original ideas are gone. It's now time to <laughs> rape the annals of manga, comic books, and graphic novels. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's an incredible story for them to... The adapt, annals or the annals? The, the both. <laughs> both, huh? <laughs> but, no, it's an incredible story to adapt. I've, I've been reading it. How incredible uh, is it? I'm personally on volume six. But um, it's really How good. How incredible and it's a lot is of, it? It's a lot of twists and turns. It's very well written. It, 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 talks, it kind of incorporates a lot of uh, events that are happening in the news today when it comes to terrorism and um, the war in, in, you know, in the Middle East and whatnot There's into the storyline. The, uh, you know, the, the wars that are in the Middle East that have been going on. It kind of incorporates a lot of that stuff and other things that are in the news and the media that affect the world. But it, it, it's, on, it's on the... Um, it, 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 it's also got Astro Boy in it, and it's, it's just trippy to read this. But um, I, I love it. Um, the one worry I have about this is because um, another film studio bought the rights. I think Lionsgate bought the rights to Monster a couple of years ago, and nothing came of it. There was said to be a, 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 a script that was, was written by Josh Olsen, and it's supposed to be two movies. But yeah, that was um, 2007, and I haven't heard hide no hair of it since. But they still have the, the rights for it. So um, I just don't want to see this go the same way. And wow. Um, I guess that, we'll see that what happens. happens. That yeah, happens, it, from what it, I understand. That it happens a lot. Buy rights just to buy rights. Yeah, so I mean, never get on, excited when you hear rights are bought. I'm, I'm still waiting on that Battle Angel Alita movie, James Cameron, and I, oh, I doubt you, I'll ever you, see you it. wait on that because he's got <laughs> he's got Avatar two Electric Blue yeah, coming out. Exactly. That'll be in super super special <laughs> 4D. It'll take 19 years because they'll create some other camera to sell out and give uh, poor George Lucas penis envy about. <laughs> So it caused George Lucas to do his whole um his whole franchise all I over again. I need to rethink the whole thing now. <laughs> well then, but that that's all that's all there is out of me. Well, thank you, uh, Soulbro, for your Astro Boy Pluto news. And thank you, and Gundam. If everybody is um, Gundam Type Zero for interested that in that. There is a link on the Leo's Neo's listener submitted news article site there. So uh, I didn't want to insult the Astro Boy fans, but I'm sorry if I did. So uh, Chris, um, any um, any Mail baggish baggishness that we have to deal with before we get our first segment, or well, before that we have to do uh, Ooh, oh, straight talk express hit and run. I oh, forgot yeah. a new a new thing, straight talk express hit and run, which is a follow up on something that we discussed before. Yeah, I had mentioned before that um, in talking about video games, that uh, Sonic fans are probably the worst video game fans there are in the world, and they did not prove me wrong because. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. Last week, uh, Sonic 4 was released on uh, the consoles. It's a downloadable title. And um, the very same day it was released, you had grown men our age taking to YouTube to uh, complain about this game and how horrible it is. <laughs> with complaints like, the feelings are wrong. Wow. And uh, there was a guy who had a video <laughs> 11 minutes long the day it came out game came out uh talking about oh these idiots who made this game they don't know what they're talking they don't know what they're doing wah, 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 wah. and he had set up on two screens he had on one screen sonic 4 and on the other screen sonic 2 and he was filming himself playing both of these games to show you how wrong sonic 4 was and the common complaint i'm seeing everywhere about sonic 4 is that the physics are wrong which um i just don't understand because it's a 2D platformer, and you're playing a blue thing with sneakers that runs and jumps. I, I don't understand what this means when you say the physics are wrong. They say, you know, oh my god, when you stop pressing the right button, he stops moving. Yeah, that's that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, um, newsflash, when I get lay off the uh, the gas of my car, it tends to slow down. So if, if uh, and mind you, out of this 11-minute video, I couldn't stand to watch more than two minutes. Man, you, see, <laughs> what was, you, see what you've done to society, YouTube? You, you've made us for... For every guy getting hit in the nuts, and it's funny, which that stuff never gets old. We There's get some s- grown man with a neck beard complaining about something that nobody cares about or what he has to say. Yeah, that lives in his parents' bedroom and smells like Cheetos and body odor. A neck bearded troll. That's, that's got nothing good to say about anything. And man, that's that is a that is not a shock. But um, at the same time, I played that Sonic Four. I thought it was I thought it was passable. I didn't think it was a the demo itself is is well, here's is an a cool idea. Game, but um, take off the nostalgia glasses, people. Because this sounds like nostalgia glasses times, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, Sonic was great, but they had to change it because um, they're not really um, maybe trying to target a 35-year-old man that lives in his parents' basement. They want to sell it to you know 12-year-old kid mm-hmm. and plays the got- game while wearing a full-body Sonic costume. <laughs> exactly. Or, or, or go out there and try to do try to outdo it, like uh, those two guys that did the Sonic fan project. That game is incredible. I just downloaded, put on my new computer, and it's Sonic One remixed. I, I think it's a little bit too detailed, but I, for two guys to put that game out there, that's that's incredible. Or yeah. here's an here's another idea. Uh huh. Put like a real game, like. <laughs> NBA 2K11, or like maybe something that you can kill people, like Cause, Halo cause, or Killzone. Because everybody something. loves those games. Yeah, <laughs> you know, don't 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 play games like Sonic or Street Fighter and stuff like that. There you go. Those games are for or only scrubs, play Street right? Fighter if you're tournament level. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Capcom so if, sure want that. If, if you uh, if you feel uh, the urge to be uh, masochistic. And, you know, maybe you go to YouTube and type in something like Sonic 4 Bad Physics, and there'll be like <laughs> ten, 10 zillion videos of a bunch of neckbeards whining about things. Yeah, man. And, and when, you, when you see that, those videos, um, you know, you, your faith in humanity may reach an all-time low, and I take no responsibility if you decide to end your life because of that. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and it, you, know, you know, you could really, if you want to be masochistic, you know, do that next Tuesday when you have to vote. So before that, before you vote, actually... Sit there and you watch that, so get depressed, and then sit in the voting booth going, Oh my god, I gotta pick one of these two idiots. Jeez. <laughs> yep. Bullet to the head. So, moving on. Um, Thank speaking you of YouTube. For, for, for uh, uh, Straight Talk Express Hit and Run, I, I feel like we need a, a music sound yeah. effect. Yeah. A bus <laughs> zooming by. <laughs> Switching tires into a crash. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of YouTube, on a positive note, uh, we had actually 
probably the first video response to one of our segments. Oh, really? We had uh, a video response from listener Crestborn to our extended Straight Talk Express from episode 64. And um, I retweeted it on the MAHQ Twitter feed, and uh, you can check it out there. And I'm sure Silver will be nice enough to put a link to the video in the show notes. Yep, I, I definitely will. Also, I'd like to uh, thank you. I'd like to thank Eric for that video too, and uh, check out his podcast at uh, yeah, twelve. Listen to him name drop now. No, I'm just saying. Uh, it, 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 check out his podcast, Third which, person. which which I'm gonna just throw myself in there that I was on the first episode of called Twelve Volt Revolt dot com. If you go to one two volt revolt dot com, you can listen to their podcast. And uh, Crestborn is one of the uh, one of the regular hosts of that show, and he was a really cool cat for submitting that video. I got a kick out of it. Yeah, so uh, you know, just want to say that I appreciate it. Someone took the time to uh, you know put up a detailed response to something that we discussed, and uh, certainly would encourage people to keep doing that if you you know want to record something that uh, you want to say about our show and uh, you know put it on YouTube or maybe uh, send us an audio file and we might put it into a show. Who knows? So certainly like this sort of interaction with people and uh, would like to see more of it. Oh yeah. Awesome. Moving on to the mailbag. Our first question comes from uh, Furious Rodimus and I don't know why this guy's always so angry. I mean he just needs to be like like chill Rodimus. So his question is what is the most annoying internet trend slash rumor regarding Mecha slash Gundam etc you have ever encountered? So I've got one that I may have missed before on this show. And for this we have to go way back into um, the Wayback Machine. Yes, into the early days of, of 2004, before Destiny premiered, before Jabman could even become the Defender, defender of Destiny. Destiny. He couldn't even become the Defender of Destiny because there was no Destiny to defend yet. <laughs> so uh, when the show popped up during the summer, the announcement of it that it was coming, you know, they did the usual where they show you some of the mobile suits and they show you some of the characters, yada yada. It's pretty standard fare for Gundam. So they showed off, you know, the Zafties, and they showed Luna Maria Hawk, who, of course, would go on to disrespect the Red Zaku. And, and, but, and the Impulse. <laughs> the Impulse. But, um... Got beat by a dog on them. <laughs> and a Red Zaku. <laughs> At this point, uh, nobody knew anything that those disappointments were to come. <laughs> and there was this rumor on the internet that started going around, and like many rumors, um, even though it was sheer idiocy, <laughs> the more it was repeated, the more credence it would gain rather than being rejected. And this rumor was that people thought that the name Luna Maria sounded strange. And um, they posited, and a lot of idiots believe this, that uh, she must have two personalities. She must have split personalities. And one of them is called Luna and the other is called Maria. And they were all convinced of this. And they thought that it would be awesome. And then the show happened and obviously that did not appear because it was completely moronic even on the face of it and I laughed at every moron who believed it. <laughs> With your evil laughter. My god. Yes. So that probably is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen because how could anyone be so gullible to fall for something so stupid and yet so many did. Yeah. That is so, true. You guys have any uh, Mecha slash Gundam stupid rumors? Um, or trends? Probably the biggest one is just um, the, the judging of a series with line art. That that's still. I mean, we deal with that all the time. Um, you know that that that's that's kind of stupid. Um, I can't really think of anything else because I think we've either talked about them in the past or something like that. Um, 
or the uh, the the justification. The other one I, th I still think is the hopers and dreamers thing that Sharon Armro actually did live, even oh. though everybody's been told <laughs> told them they're dead. That people still try to justify stuff like that. So, but I don't know. So, bro. Only thing I can think of is the 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 false belief that this the the latest version of Evangelion will be the last one they put out. Guy next. <laughs> well, you know that's false. That shit ain't happening. There'll be God, another man. remix in three years. As long as Stay they're tuned. cheap, there's money to be made. Well, there you go, man. Cash it in, man. Just like that Rebel Tech, as you'll find out later on in this episode. I find that offensive. <laughs> so, All right, there you go. Our next question comes from Anubis, who says, This may be a topic into itself, but what's your opinion on how governments are portrayed in Mecca? Democracies are usually weak and competent, while dictatorships are bloodthirsty and elitist. Both don't really seem to care about the citizens of their own countries. Why do you think governments are usually portrayed this way in Mecca? Doesn't art imitate life? Well, yeah, I was just going to say that. So you, <laughs> you, 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 you soul broed my thunder. Oh, sorry. I soul broed you. So, uh, you know, every cliche and stereotype is at least somewhat rooted in, in truth. And um, if you look at dictatorships like, say, North Korea, Myanmar... Um, any host of countries in Africa or the Middle East, uh, you can see by their their human rights records that they don't really care about their people. You know, a lot of them are subjugating ethnic or religious minorities, or they're just you know bleeding the country dry, and you know for their own benefit and living off of their own largesse while everyone starves and uh, you know dies. Obviously, the probably one of the best examples of this is North Korea. It doesn't take but a second to like that's that's a country that uh, its entire population has been turned into a cult of personality for uh, Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il and that they worship these morons like gods because they've been brainwashed to their whole lives and they live in abject poverty while these guys are living large in palaces and shit. Because they have great hair. Didn't they have Kim, great pompadours. Didn't Kim Jong-il outdunk Michael Jordan? That's, that's, uh, like, that's like one of the crazy myths. Oh no, he, he, he outplayed Tiger Woods in some mess like that. No, he had a, no, he had a, he had a golf round. I think he I think out of 17 or 18 holes, yeah. he got a hole in one in each one. Nice. Yeah, it's like nice. something bizarre like that. That dude is the man. Yeah. Not yeah, really. That's why he's the deer leader. Yeah. But anyway. In ladies' know, glasses. When you have cruel dictatorships, you can see um, the reality in that. Mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about democracies, there's a lot of democracies that are log jammed by obstructionism and you know, party politics and people who just are concerned about their own advancement and holding on to power rather than actually doing anything with said power. And you can see that all over the world. So, um, you know, there is a basis for these things. And in terms of why governments are evil, well, you know, when you're talking about mecha shows with war, who else is going to be your villain but a government? You know, only a government has the massive money and resources to field armies of robots to attack you with. Mm -hmm. Unless you're an uber-mysterious organization that's funded by God knows who. <laughs> so, you know, government just sort of has to be the bad guy. Sort of like playing a game of cops and robbers. Somebody's got to be the robber. Yep, that is true. But, um, yeah, that, that, I agree with you, man. Um, only, only show I can think of off the top of my head that had a, a pretty, or a bit more realistic depiction of government, Ghost of the Shell, when you saw how um, Japan's parliament worked. And uh, the depiction, although the, um, the American Empire, you know, they really didn't get to see the inner workings of that much. They're pretty much the antagonists most of the episodes. But uh, unless um, Aaron Sorkin comes in and starts writing uh, <laughs> for a Gundam show, we're, 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 it's, it's pretty much going to be. A if that happened, it would be a lot of people fast talking and 
walking through uh, the corridors and hallways of uh, spaceships Hell yeah. and very little uh, actual combat. There you go. There you go. I can't wait. <laughs> Sounds exciting. <laughs> oh, man. Neo, any comments on this question? No, you pretty much said it. I mean. All right. Okay. Um, our last question comes from... Uh, Vent Noir, a frequent contributor who asks, In the discussion for episode 62, read possibilities of a female Gundam pilot, I mentioned the observation that kids' shows seem to do better with gender equality than more mature shows, pointing out that Super Sentai usually has at least one and often two females on the team, with no, girls shouldn't be fighting BS. Destiny Gundam, a.k.a. Peter, also pointed out that Super Sentai and Kamen Rider usually have protagonists in their 20s, while Gundam has teenagers. So, why is it that shows aimed at kids have those things, but Gundam doesn't in their TV series? I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, outside of the fact of, you know, if you think about in those Super Sentai shows, the girls, okay, they have the girls in there, but are they the main character? I mean, the main character always ends up being... The red person. The red person, basically. And, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think we've seen, especially in, in the latest incarnations of Gundam, you see, or, or AC, is the fact that women are without you know throughout uh, in different in different realms of just not just being like bridge bunnies or the or the or the love interest of the pilot i mean double o you see that you have women commanding uh ships and troops and stuff like that so right. it's like i don't i don't necessarily agree with that too much i mean i, I think it's just um i think that's probably over analyzing kids shows when it comes to that i mean i i think i think they both have the same amount like i said in the super sentai shows it's the red guy that's always you know and and if they bring it over to america his name is usually ken so it's like (laughs) i uh, i would also disagree but um i would say it's because you're comparing uh unequal things and you're talking on one hand an animated medium for a certain group of people on the other hand you're talking about live action and you know the general rule of thumb is that if you're creating something you want to create a character that the audience can identify with if you're creating a a sentai show or a tokusatsu show for kids um you kind of got to bend it a little bit because you can't have little kids in costumes running around beating up dudes in monster outfits exactly exactly that would just look kind of dumb as would teenagers running around in uh skin tight outfits beating up dudes in monster outfits so you got to have people in their early 20s and um the fact that they have girls fighting there that's just kind of the way sentai has always super sentai has always been there's always been like a pink ranger or a yellow ranger who's a chick but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily explored in any great depth or developed as great characters so i'm really hesitant to um and and they're that's that that is portrayed better than gundam because sometimes in gundam you have female pilots and characters who have complex motivations for things and sometimes you don't but on the whole i would disagree completely with this idea that sentai and kamen rider handle women better than gundam or other mecha just because they have a certain amount of women in them that doesn't mean that what you do with them is by its very nature better well the, the thing the thing i was going to say is like the pink the pink person is always like the girly girl and then like the the yellow girl is always like you know like kind of like the athletic tomboyish thing so it's you know they're they're kind of trapped in a cliche themselves <laughs> so i don't know it, not that not that it was a bad question it's just i don't agree with it so bro Still waiting for the Super Sentai show where the, a female is the main character, as opposed to like you know a hot-blooded dude. Only one I could think of is uh, Sailor Moon, the live-action version of that. It's Super Sentai, but it's based on the an anime and a manga, so you really know where to go with that. But yeah, um, it's the limitations of um, doing a live-action show, just as you said, Chris. 
they're not going to have kids running around there beating up uh, uh, giant monsters and, 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 and baddies because, you know, but they, they could be. I'd actually just, pay just to see that, though. I'd like to see eight-year-old kids beat up uh, an eight-year-old kid in a, in a rubber suit, a monster, a kaiju suit. I think that would be kind of funny. Like, but they aspire to, to be like those those twenty something um char- those twenty something year old characters that are out on the screen doing that. So um you know it's just the limitations of the medium. It's just as you said. Okay. And we have one last question I'm going to throw out, and I'm going to make this one fast because uh, I don't think that uh, neither I nor Neo will want to even touch this question with a ten foot pole. So this one's all for Soul Bro. All right. This question comes from Bushido, who says... Mr. Bushido or Bushido? Just Bushido. Oh, Oh. man. And he says, I I remember PMing Soulbro a pic I found of Saji in an Allah's uniform. (laughs) Now, I know it's impossible for him to even be there, but for the sake of this question, if he was, what do you think Allah's would be like if he was somehow a member? How will he be treated? Do you think he'll do anything else other than deliver pizzas to Fats Goodman and replacement... (laughs) Gadessas slash Garasos for healing and revive. So it's all you, man. Um, he would he would end up running things. That's that's how it would happen. He would be running things. But it, it, and it might have been a better outcome in, at the end of Double O, man. A Laws might have had to got the act together. Just just like how Jared said, one day I'll be leading the Titans. There you go, man. Saji would actually do that. Yeah, but yeah. Be, but you're kind of insulting Jared to an extent. <laughs> and I can't believe you're actually. I'm actually saying this because. Jared actually did, you know, he had somewhat skills. He could turn on the suit and not... not. Yeah, but he also was dumb enough to think that he actually could leave the town someday. I know. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think Saji's believing that he could do this. It's just Soul Bros thinking Saji could. Hey, man. He so it's get- almost like, are we... Are we blaming Saji or are we blaming Soul Bro? He would definitely win over Fats Goodman, man, with those pizzas. <laughs> he would get sway over that in no time, man. No time. He, he'd do it, man. He's a he's a he's a jack of all trades at Saji Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Does everything, man. Just give him the shot. Give him a shot, gang. That's how. Well, like how a dork of all trades. And, and <laughs> Bushido, also thank you for sending me that picture. That was a cool cool thing to do. I never saw that before until then. <sighs> awesome word. That wraps up the mailbag, so I'll turn it back to Nero. So Neo, oh. so uh, get this train wreck rolling. Yeah, on that on that depressing note, uh, we'll be back with our first. Uh, segment you'll see to Gundam and MHQ. Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice big shiny first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gundam it! Well alright you messy, would you make me a medal too? Hi, I'm Mitsugi. And I'm Hatake. And we're the hosts of Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. AAAPodcast.com. Listen up, anime fans. Do you find yourself spending tons of money on anime DVDs and merchandise? Wishing you drove a Gundam to work instead of your car? Singing J-pop music in the shower? If you do any of these things, you might be an anime addict. At the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, we have one mission, to turn your anime addiction into an obsession. We entertain our listeners with current anime news, celebrity guest hosts, hilarious discussion topics, and fair, unbiased review on current and past anime. Here are a few testimonials. I used to be a total anime noob. Now I know so much about anime that I can say, Spike was caught riding on a Tachkoma eating Pocky wearing a Hidden Leaf Village headband while looking at a foldout of Revy in a Death Note, and know exactly what that means. Now that I listen to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, I never have to watch a bad anime again. They watch them, so I don't. 
So visit us at aaapodcast.com and submit anime review requests on our forum and tune in on iTunes so you can always have the latest in news and reviews. So get obsessed with Anime Ibex at the AAA. And remember, we're here for you. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. End of discussion! Debate is over, you will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology! You will kowtow, you will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can take me... Get used to it, it's the way of the world! If you're so hot on discipline, then goddammit, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and along with uh, Chris and Solbro. Uh, we're going to be joined um, from somebody that we had on a couple shows ago. I can't remember how long ago we had him on, but it was our first uh, model building show. Um, Speaking about the different, you know, it was kind of an introduction to model building. And that's uh, Andreas. And uh, I know we last episode we had kind of teased that we were going to have him on due to the whole shutdown of the Nagiki blogspot, um, that whole fiasco. But because of some technical difficulties out of his control, uh, he couldn't join us that day. And but he's so uh, but he's able to join us today. So we definitely wanted to uh, get some of his thoughts about the whole shutdown of uh, this website and some of the things that were discussed about, especially dealing with the model building community within Gundam and, and, you know, within just the model building community as a whole. So I uh, just want to welcome Andreas. How you doing, Andreas? Uh, I hope everything's kind of worked out now. Yeah, thankfully I do have internet today, so all things are well and good on this end. So um, I guess we'll just kind of get into it. Um, you, I, I'm sure you heard our episode, uh, mm-hmm. last episode, about the, the whole death of that website, and I know that you wanted to kind of chime in about it. So... Um, you know, unless uh, Solbro and Chris have anything to say beforehand, I guess let's just go ahead and see what you got to say and some of your comments about, um, you know, Nagi's comments and then some of the stuff that, um, you know, in the community as a, as a whole. So. Ooh, you know, it's just like this whole thing, you know, I guess you could just kind of like pass it off, off as like too long, didn't read. It just felt like a lot of that for some people. But, you know, after actually going through the entire argument, and it's like, you know, this is how I feel every time I've ever talked about Gundam with someone else or just having a conversation in general with people. It's that there's always this 
background element, which it will always be negative. They are always going to hate everything. It's almost like a Jesse Ventura situation where it's like there's always this grand conspiracy behind everything, and you you always have to be against the side of the community, and that that majority of the community just does not vocalize itself whatsoever. And all of this just basically combined into him shutting down the site. And it's really unfortunate because, obviously, I'm a blogger myself, but I would get a lot of my news from him as well. He's just up a lot earlier than I am and when this stuff comes out. Right. And it's just such a shame to see it go down because of what happened, because of essentially trolling. But then you hear the stuff about piracy and all of that, and it's just like, you know, where is this dark side coming from? It's not something that I guess U.S. fans can relate to. Dark side, you say? Oh, my God. <laughs> right on cue. Uh, but <laughs> hey, you're supposed to be at the beginning of the show, not during the segments. Uh, oh, pardon me. But just looking, I mean, like, you know, he mentions to it as the extreme group of the community. It's just like there's always this vocal part that hates everything. Like, back in the, you know, when Seed was first coming, I was like, why aren't we getting another UC series? And then these are the same people who are now today, like, when we have Unicorns, like, oh, why can't we have a one-year war series? Or, you know, when MS Igloo came out, I was like, oh, why can't this be, you know, something added on to Victory or Crossbone or anything like that? These people can never be pleased. Well, that was your one-year war space Nazi series there. (laughs) But I was in the Gaia Gear mood at that time, so I I, I don't like it. Yeah, well, it's... I'm I'm just not a big fan of uh, glorifying uh, fascism and... um, you know, you know, and space Nazis and trying to justify all that stuff. So that's why I was never that big into. Uh... Oh, let's not forget about them because they had their eyes on on Nagi as well. The those those space fascists. Yeah. That is oh true. yeah. Oh God, was it? There was like a guy who wanted um um him to say that Zaku's were better on his forum, something like that. And like I see that kind of comment, I'm like, who the hell cares? <laughs> I'm just like. I would never come to you guys or the guys that ran Gundam.com you like back in the day and go like, hey, can you come on my little tiny form and say Zaku's our better man? We really need your support out here. <laughs> we, need to, we, need, we need to rally the fascists, the pseudo-fascists. It's just and- like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't know what goes through someone's mind, you know, going through that. It's like, hey, guys, I'm having an argument, but... I'm going to shoot an email to the, you know, the guy who runs MAHQ and, you know, he'll settle all this. He's an authority. So, so Andres, I'm curious because we didn't talk about this much in the last segment waiting mm-hmm. for you. Um, he talked, Nagi, quite a bit at length about um, how he came out with a stance against uh, counterfeit gunpla and that there was a lot of negative backlash against him in part from uh, or mostly from people who make a business out of selling counterfeit gunpla so what do you think about that whole issue about counterfeit gunpla and the backlash of these pirates and criminals against him for trying to expose their dirty deeds number one the first thing i want to say that anyone that was supporting like i'm buying the bootleg gunpla because it's cheaper is an idiot (laughs) flat out you are an idiot because unless it's Something that will, like, I'm not talking about garage kits or anything like that, you know, B-Club or anything like that. But I'm talking like, um, you know, Ben D model kits, like, because you don't want to pay $15 for your high-grade strike freedom, so you have this random Chinese name on your model kit box. <laughs> like, 
the whole reason it's called a bootleg is because it's a cheap knockoff. It's not yeah. the same thing at a lower price. This isn't like going to Walmart or Costco. Right. It's just like I, I don't know why you would want to pay for that, knowing how horrible the quality is on those things. Like I can understand, like say for garage kits and B club stuff, because I know I do not want to pay two hundred dollars for a resin kit of uh, our Rajra from Double Zeta. I don't know anyone else who would, or let alone have it to begin with. But I mean, and then like I can. I just never imagined that pirates would see him as that big a threat. I mean, I just can't imagine, you know, like, you're holding this business and all of a sudden, you know, this illegal business, and then you're saying, you go to a blogger to threaten him over it? And I'm just like, like, I can't imagine that, you know, even as popular as Engie is, you know, among the community and everything, I can't imagine he has that much of an impact as to say what people buy. He's always come across as very subjective never really had any bias towards anything. He just says, hey, here's what's coming out. And I just can't imagine any of those situations really, you know. I think it's funny that they're attacking him like, you're destroying our way of life. It's like, yeah, but what you do is illegal. I guess it just goes to show how completely entrenched piracy and disrespect for anything is in China that people, you know, they see this. They see their illegality as a legitimate way of making a living. They're trying to, and they try to get it justified by using somebody like him to, you know, see it on their side. And it's, it's just, you know, it's the same argument that we have when it comes to people downloading uh, anime and music and and movies and stuff. There's always this justification, like, oh, you know, it's it, it's really okay. They're, they they won't these big faceless corporation won't miss all this money. It won't affect anybody. <laughs> And that's and that's basically what it is. I mean, they're, they're I see it even more as like that guy that you see at the in the parking lot outside of Walmart next to some beat up van, and he's selling like speakers, three dollar burnt DVDs of like yeah. every current movie there is, or perfume. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the speaker the speaker van guys. The speaker van guys. I got these. Oh, I missed nineteen ninety seven. But. but. But, um, I mean, just, like, the whole point of, like, you know, pirates coming down against him, I'm like, what segment of the gunpoint population actively looks for, like, hits? Apparently somebody, because <laughs> yeah, it's they're attacking him for coming out against it. Yeah. I know there's a site somewhere that deals exclusively with it. I think it's... I forgot where it is, but... Well, let's not mention them and give them any... Yeah, I'm, I can't remember the name anyway, but that's all that they do is, like... And, you know, it's advertised that, hey, these are, like, bootleg reproduction kits, and I'm just like, why would you buy these? Why would you put your... Like, the only thing, like, I could think of is, like, maybe if you need extra parts if you're making a custom... Yeah. But even then, you could order the runners or the parts, you know, from HLJ and, you know, just get it that way. You know, you don't have to buy a whole other bootleg kit and support those people when you can actually get the legit thing, you know. Or, or, or the fact that, and you can't complain that if you buy a bootleg kit and it doesn't work right or it's poor quality, you can't complain. So, I don't know. But I'm curious, Andres, also what you think about... Um his comments about, uh, Nigi's comments about the fragmentation of the Gunplot community that, you know, you have all these fans of these different universes or these different, you know, armies and, you know, they get pissed off when anything gets announced of something that they don't like and they can't just accept that, you know, a variety of items are going to be coming out and not just what they specifically want. 
So what, what's your experience with that with, you know, whenever any time there's a master grade or a perfect grade or whatever announced and people invariably start bitching about it? Yeah, I, I, I remember reading that and I, I didn't realize it was that big of, a, big of an issue, but I'm not that huge in the model community, but, you know. Okay, I'm going to, yeah, here's time for the controversial statement. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Um, hey, hold on. We try to generate no controversy here, so <laughs> please, please keep this within reason. Short of the Sonic fan base, we are the worst fan base in fandom. Oh, man. Short of Sonic, as Chris, we, me and Chris were discussing it earlier, so I'll give that point to him. But There's some other fan bases that are, that are pretty bad, too. You got uh, the, the ever-continuing war of Kamen Rider fans, of, you know, Showa-era writers suck, or Heisei-era writers suck, or they all suck. Yeah, um, but God, do we really take the cake on everything because no one can just ever be happy i've noticed with this fandom i mean going back i remember just you know in perfect grade being announced uh, a couple years back there, there's just been this giant hiatus um when double o riser was announced people were pissed off because you know it's not the new gundam that they wanted or hey unicorn just came out why not release that right and then I guess the real tipping point in the whole Engi controversy and closing was the announcement of the Perfect Grade Strike Freedom. Mm-hmm. Now, people have been bashing this kit because it's from Seed Destiny, ignoring the fact that <laughs> the series, um, I know you may hate it, but let's face it, it's a success for Bandai's pocketbook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was a very There's popular no show despite being garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Japan loves. Sorry, crap. Jab Man. Okay. Defender of Destiny. <laughs> now, I'm saying this as someone who has bought the kits of Strike Freedom and Destiny. I'm saying this as someone who owns the box set to Seed and Destiny. So, and I mean, even though I don't like the series all that much, I definitely have it. It definitely has its flaws, but it's still part of something that I like, and. Just because, you know, I may not find it perfect and everything, there's some things that it does well. And but the thing is the community just does not want to ever face it. If you find one thing wrong with it, everything is wrong. And so it's a, these people just omit it from their um from from their uh their checklist of uh things to like about Gundam basically, just because they, they they find the show is crap. They they want to they want to crap on everything about the show. But, exactly. Uh, as you're saying, the 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 mega designs in Destiny were like one of the major things I liked about that series. And um, I I I as a fan of Gundam can separate the two. I can't believe there, there's not enough rational people out there that can do the same. I just the don't thing understand is, though, that. Rational people know when to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and stupid people are the most vocal out of any group. Yeah. And, you know, even going back to when Destiny was announced, you know, in the mecha design starting on, we have the Zaku Warrior and the Goof and all this. And people were generally outraged, but yet they were saying, at the same time, I was like, man, I really wish we would get some Zaku designs back in that, you know, right about now. You know, I miss that. And it's like, oh, hey, they did it. And then, um, yeah, I'm still going to complain. <laughs> and, and still buy it later on, maybe. Oh, of course. Exactly. It's like, it's like, God, I hate you, Bandit. God, I hate you. 
Oh, here's your three hundred dollars. <laughs> Can't believe you make me buy this crap. Wait, no, they don't. It's like, and then it's like, well, you know, what do you think Ben Knight's listening to? Your uh, your complaints and your and your childish whining and bitching, or your pocketbook emptying out and paying them? Yeah, They're looking they, at that scrollo. They go, they 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 go where the money goes. Yeah. Like, as right any now. business does. Like I have the perfect range freedom pre-order, and I already have four different variations of this suit. Fine, whatever. The reason why I'm thinking of canceling is because the kit looks like a largely upscaled Master Grade that okay. I already have. Yeah, and that that's and then that's something that's a valid point that maybe if you're gonna bitch about something is something to say is the fact of not the because what show it's from but you know it's like oh okay this doesn't look like it's as detailed as I remember other perfect grades to be it just looks like exactly. a, an and, upscale and yeah I would be fine with people you know bringing up that complaint that's perfectly fine because yeah this that's is a valid a, point this is a I haven't heard that complaint at all all I've heard is Wance Strike Freedom Wance Destiny yeah. yeah but you know what if it would have been unicorn people would have made the same complaint how many unicorns have we had in the past two years why do i need another one these are the same people who are going to complain complain and complain yeah and they'll complain when you know whatever the next gundam show is going to be which i'm sure will be announced next year they'll complain about that like oh how come we have all this crap oh i don't know maybe because it's the new show where they're going to put all of their marketing efforts into (laughs) and you know what these people are going to be the same who eventually later on why haven't we got all the models out of the double o movie even though they probably hated the concept of alo they're like man i just want this thing i where's my model where's my hgelo and some stupid crap like that you know and i see also people bitching about uh gunpla builders oh it's a crap series it's just a toy commercial stupid design gundam series is a toy commercial yeah what do they what do they figure what do do they think (laughs) the last 31 years yeah, there, there's a, there's a reason why the RX seventy eight dash two is like rainbow colors. Like they got some more noble purpose than the yeah. freaking um than 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 the than the you know to to look the other way at, at their cash cow for so many years. I just I don't get where people come off, man. I really don't. I it, the, the, the right business. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say right now, Jesse Ventura is out there saying that the Iraq War is a conspiracy to bring back GI Joe toys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say on that. It's like. <laughs> So, wait a second. Was World War II a conspiracy to later create a line of robots fighting in wars inspired by World War II? Exactly. Look and at it. And make lots of money for Japan? Here's my case. Hasbro, what, what are G.I. just made out of? Plastic. What do you need to make them? Oil. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. That's connect, man. It's like, it's, like I'm on, it's, it's like I'm living Rubicon right here. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what else gets made from oil? Soap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure Irish Spring must be part of this conspiracy, too. <laughs> you know they love a fight. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, I just see this as a major problem when it comes to model announcements. I see this all the time on the Internet that people just can't divorce the robot from the show. Yeah. And I don't see why. I mean, if I like a robot's design, I will build that robot regardless of what series it's from and if I like the series or not because I like that robot design. Yeah, I can appreciate right. both as two entirely separate entities. And you see it all. I remember even when um, when they announced uh, a few years ago the Master Grade turning, people were like, oh, why are they doing the turning? You know, a while back when uh, the Master Grade victory was announced, why are they doing that? It's like, when, what will satisfy you? And I'll make the point again that Nagi made himself, you know, there's no lack of variety in the Gundam crap that comes out every month. If yeah. this one thing doesn't please you, there's a bunch of other stuff that just came out, along with a bunch of
of stuff that has already come out. So it you can't be bitching about a lack of variety and things to build. Like within the past three months, we've had the announcement of HGC Sanaju, um, the launch of the high-grade AU line, which now has Noble Gundam in it. Ooh, freaking awesome. All right. Um, Wing is getting Master Grades, albeit, you know, Katoki ones. But, hey, we're getting them, finally. Yeah. Um, There's the new HG line for uh, Gunpla Builders. Right, Gunpla Builders at Aku is amazing. Oh, yeah, and if you want, there's a HGUC Goop Custom, finally. And now the uh, the real-grade Charzaku. So there's a lot of stuff that's come out and coming out. Yeah. You have no reason to complain. If you want your Zaku, if you want your perfect grades from One Year War, go ahead and buy them. There's a ton. Go buy the Zephrantes. Go buy the Zeta. You know, maybe, you know, go back. There's a whole collection of stuff for you to buy. Not everything right now has to cater to your interest. Take the time. Save the money. Maybe apply it to something else. You know, I guarantee you for every person that complains like, oh, why it's not this? If you want that 160th um, unicorn, Go buy it. There's a garage kit right now. G-Systems makes a ton of kits, you know, albeit, you know, with explicit, you know, explicit unapproval from Bandai, but um, they make them. If you want that, go and get it. Well, I, th- I think the I think the biggest the biggest thing about this whole situation it's even it's even like what we we've, we've talked about before it's like nobody's forcing you to buy this stuff if you don't like Strike Freedom I don't like Strike Freedom like I, I don't like it as a suit or anything like that but I'm not going to complain that the only complaint that I have is why you have a perfect grade of Strike Freedom but not one of Freedom oh that's the only yeah. thing I would, that but that's a valid point I'm not just going to sit no there no and, it is it I, is but I also understand that you know Destiny was a wildly popular show mm-hmm. people a lot of people love the strike freedom and it makes sense i mean in the end are you going to put out something that's not going to sell i mean you could put out a lot of things that don't sell and see how those companies are doing usually they either get bought out or they go bankrupt so you, you just can't and, and like you said if, if you don't like the current crop of stuff save your money mm-hmm. and you know bandai has been willing to you know do a whole bunch of they've redesigned their kits the last couple of years they've brought out the different lines they you know it seems like they're really trying to cater to everybody but the thing is is you know people just can't complain because their personal um you know their personal wishes are not being granted well you know they're not at that point yet where they can do that some some companies are able to off pro- offer products that are tailor-made to an individual um you know, an individual person, but you know, it's just like, just get over it. It's just not the end of the world. Well, some people don't care about everybody, and if it's not yeah. for them, then they don't give a shit about what anyone else likes. Yeah. yeah. The way so. the way I look at it is like this: I go into a restaurant, I look at the menu. I don't expect to like everything on the menu. I don't. But you know, I order what I like, and it's the same way. Chef Bandai don't make everything that I like. <laughs> is that like Chef Boyardee? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chef, Chef Bandai. Here's your gum plot, kitties. That was more plastic shavings. Like, nothing's going to change the fact that I don't like beets. So if you serve right. me beets and steak, I'm going to eat the steak. What is it? I'm gonna I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take the beets. Hey, there you go. There you go. Zaku-shaped pasta with meatballs. Uh, they do have that at the Gundam Cafe, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got all that kinds of that crap. I've had to try that mess. But <laughs> I, sure. I want to point out, um, mm-hmm. you know, as because we had a lot of uh, responses on the forum regarding this and people saying that, you know, oh, of course, you know, not everyone's like that. Yes, this is true, but um, I want to make an admonition right. about, um, you know, if you're familiar with politics, you every once in a while you'll hear discussion of the silent majority and the idea being that, oh, in whatever group that there's some extremists who have some crazy ideals, but, you know, the silent majority is reasonable and, and doesn't believe all this crazy stuff. 
But here's the problem. The silent majority is silent. <laughs> so when you let the crazies speak, um, it makes all of you look bad. You know, perfect example, sticking a political analogy, you got your teabaggers out there. They make Republicans look bad. Right. I know lots of Republicans. Republicans are sensible people. They're not all crazy, but there's a bunch of clowns running around saying a bunch of crazy stuff, and they make everybody look bad. Yep. It applies to any group that has any sort of belief about anything. So with Gundam, if you have all these maniacs who are out there bitching about every series and every alternate universe and every model kit and yada yada, and all you ever see on any forum you go to, or almost any forum you go to, is just these people bitching, it makes it look like everyone is like that. So, you know, us here fighting the, the good fight against trolls and morons, we can only do so much. The silent majority has to step forward and beat down these trolls and show the world, no, we're not a bunch of whiny bitches like this. You yeah, know, we, st- stop we can being enjoy it. Yeah, stop being silent. The silent majority is useless. It doesn't do anybody any good for the majority to be silent. And, and we've seen many a times that you don't have to stoop down to the troll level and just start getting in a flame war with them. If you you can just up- be reasonable, and that pisses them off, and they just flame out and, and, yeah, and burn out of their own accord. Yeah, pretty much, because that, that's what it is. And, and it, it's, it's, like, it's like the whole thing that we said, I think I mentioned last episode, when it comes to the whole empowerment of the Internet, how it empowered a lot of people, and how people are unable to, like, they're so socially awkward now when it comes to speaking with each other. And the whole thing about this is, is, you know, these people feel like they need to be, that they're so important and that they need to be listened to, whereas no one else needs the same respect. And if you call them out and, you know, you sit there and say, well, you know, you're being the same type of person you're railing against, most of the time they don't know how to, to deal with it and they do just go away. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, going back to the analogy I use, I'm not going to sit there in that restaurant and sit there and troll the beats. <laughs> <laughs> Just that'd be kind of funny if you did. Honestly, I'm going to complain to the waiter. It's like, yo, what, what the, why the hell are you serving beats, man? You know, yo, I these hate beats these. are shit, yo. <laughs> you know, I hate these, son. I want some broccoli in this house, bitch. <laughs> exactly. But it's just a waste of time. It really is. There's diversity in the products that they sell, and there's a ton of series they have to play from. And I just think, um, all in all, it's a, it's a great mosaic of of um, mobile suits that Bandai provides for, for people to choose from. You don't have to go out and buy every one. You don't have to go out and like every one. There's plenty of suits from plenty of shows I don't like. But I'm not going to crap on Bandai for putting out a, a perfect grade for that. I may ask why, why they're putting a perfect grade out for this than, than something else. But, you know, it's, it's day may come. And I just got to sit there and be patient or suck it up if they don't. You know, it's just that's life. I don't know what these you, people... Go ahead. You know the funniest thing that I just realized from all this? Mm-hmm. Everyone is complaining... A lot about Engi closing down because, like, he was their go-to source right. for everything. There's other sites out there too, which he linked to. You could go to his sources, and like, everyone's like completely like, "Oh God, what are we gonna do now?" And it's like, um, there's other people too. Who are we gonna troll now? Oh, look at these sites. Ah, oh, damn, they're <laughs> hey, in Japanese. Hey, hey, everybody, newsflash, <laughs> newsflash, MHQ shutting down right now. Oh, nice, nice. There we go. Keep it Where are you gonna go now, bitches? <laughs> Wikipedia. Yes, well, wonderful Wikipedia with so much wonderful right information about Gundam. <laughs> now that that that, that, would, deleted. that that would um that would cause a lot of people problems because there's a lot of people think that Wikipedia is gospel, like everything is true on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's like okay, oh man. 
But um, so you mean there's no such thing as pink olifants? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> Why Wikipedia do you lie to me so? Uh, Talking, I just saw a post. They're releasing the the master grade of it in December. <laughs> pink elephant. Pink elephant. Pink <laughs> Anything else, uh, Andreas, about this uh, this little topic here? Any uh, any other thoughts? Any other comments, Chris? Solbro. Um, I've set my piece between the two segments. Yeah, uh, Solbro. Anything? No, I, I'm pretty much content. Um, Andreas, okay. any anything you have left yeah, to ask? I guess just to close up with everything, it's like you know, honestly, let me go ahead and you know, Engie, if you ever do hear this, you know, thank you for what you have done. You are you are a great contributor to the community. I certainly thank you for all that you've done and you know and you know from what everyone takes from all this like look you can't keep attacking each other you attacking each other isn't going to change Bandai's minds about it if you want to bicker about oh I wish you know this was released instead fine do that stop killing the messengers over it you you're starting to run out of them and ultimately you know just the community just needs to just learn to shut up okay Strong nice. words. I think that's a good way to ring it, it out. Strong words. Well, just uh, shut up. Just shut the hell up. Unless you're the silent majority, then don't shut up. Yeah, in that case, yes. Please, please start talking. Speak up. And actually prove if you actually exist. Sometimes I wonder if the silent majority even exists when it comes to certain things. But um, all right. Well, I uh, just want to thank Andreas for his contribution on this, and I uh, wish we could have had you an episode earlier. But I think this is pretty good though to kind of uh, separate this because there was a lot of stuff going on in the oh. previous. Oh, um, um, one last thing. Yeah, I just remember there's one actually one other topic that I'd like to talk about today before we go. It sort of deals with the community. Um, I had a little um, response over the weekend. There was an announcement of Rebel Tech number 100. I don't know if you guys saw it. But... Well, let me say this before you say that. Um, mm -hmm. I saw in my Twitter feed um, the headline uh, from Tomopop about this announcement. And uh, with, before even clicking on the link, just from reading what the headline was, I could tell that it was you. <laughs> <laughs> so please continue. Okay. Um, the article in question was um, Rebel Tech number 100 is revealed, and I could not care less. So, from the panel, can you guess what the um, the mecha is? You should know, Neo, without even having to think about it. Take a guess. Oh, Strike Freedom. No. No. Gun, gun tank. Rebel Tech. Not. There's no Gundam in Rebel oh, Tech. Oh. Yeah. Um. Your oh. favorite series in the world, Neo. Uh, no. Oh, the Razafon. No, your your Ava, real favorite Ava. series. Ava. Ava. Yep. Ava Unit Zero One oh, is number one hundred. Oh wow! And here's the best part of it. What what, what version? What um what series slash movie slash whatever the hell Anno's thinking this time version of this is? is Super this, Samoan, of course. Is, is this for the <laughs> is this for the update of the movies that just came up? They've already released two of those. Yeah. Oh. So now this is uh, Rebel Tech number nine that they released of just zero one, and its big gimmick this time is that it features a portion of Sakiel's body which lights up, and a removed limb from Sakiel, and neon green paint for the Eva. Couldn't they have just released those accessories as an add-on for the pre-existing units? Obviously not the paint, but... Um, yeah, but they realize we can throw a whole special campaign, launch everything on Twitter, put up hints which turn out to be wrong, and then say the Ava Zero One. Yeah, because one of one of the hints was it will have a Japanese name. Oh, okay. So don't don't 
Iban Gerion is not uh <laughs> <laughs> Unit uh, 201 is not Japanese. Uh, no way. Yeah, so like people were like expecting like it was gonna be Kamina from Gurren Lagan, you know, which has a ton of releases, or uh Shinji for for the first time ever actually in Rebel Tech, but there was just like a whole bunch of things that like people wanted to see and I guess like you know, some of the frustration was that I let off in that is yeah, you have a the hundredth Rebel Tech. You know, you make this whole special thing, and you choose Ava Zero One, which you've done literally eight times before. <laughs> is it is it is the Ava O One the Rebel Tech that's been produced the most throughout the series of Rebel Techs? Yes. Oh, okay, I I was I was wondering uh, if there was any other series. Yeah, but that this one's it. different, though. This is this is this is new and improved, and this is the way that they they envisioned it back when they did the previous eight, but they couldn't. They they didn't have the budget to do it. What they so. do? Add an extra joint? Who knows? No, they added the light. <laughs> it, the light. No, you know what this is? This is the true example of business. There's a lot of people out there that'll buy the Evangelion crap just because it's the Evangelion crap, and it doesn't matter what it is. And like yeah. Andrea said, it's like okay, n- number one hundred of Rebel Tech. You think that's a that's a that's a milestone. That's a landmark. Let's do something, you know, most people would say, let's do something that maybe we haven't done that people have asked for. Turn A. Yeah, or something that was like a real big, um, you know, something that we did a long, long time ago that was very limited and whatever. No, let's do something we've done eight times before and just give it a little special slice of paint and some other crap and nonsense. And If it ain't broke. Yeah, because because why? Because the uh, Evangelion movies have been going strong for the last year and a half. And and let all the comments start after you guys hear this on Mecha Talk. Uh, I hate Evangelion. I didn't never said that, but that's what just said. <laughs> but you just said you did. So you did. I was being facetious. Be taking completely out of context. Yes. <laughs> there, he proved it. He hates it. Oh my God. Neo hates Evangelion. I hate Evangelion. That's right. He hates Evangelion. They're, they're gonna. They're. Yeah, I hope Alan Grayson isn't a uh, isn't a uh, um, uh, an Evangelion fan because I'll be a, be an out of text commercial about me. Someone will publicly skewer you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like he hates Evangelion and eats babies too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that second one's not so bad. <laughs> hey, they're kind of tasty with some. Let's stop talking about Evangelion, please. So yeah, so um, please leave. Uh, I just want to see what um, some more fan reaction is to the Rebel Tech announcement. And, and what know, website uh, can people find that at, Andres? Um, you can find that at tumblepop.com if you look there. Actually, there is actually some new photos that came up over this weekend, which illustrate how exactly the same it is. So you can check those out at tumblepop.com, or you can follow me at on Twitter at Vist Foundation. All right. Oh snap! You're, on- you're, you're just you're just a shill for the Universal Century. Clearly, you're biased against all the AUs. I'm yeah, on the Fist Destiny collection. Lies. Well, that is some great news for the 100th Rebel Tech. And wow. What do you think will be the 200th Rebel Tech? <laughs> Unit <laughs> 1. <laughs> Unit 1 Super Samoan version. Super Samoan. And, and at that time, they're, they're, they'll probably be up to like uh, 19 versions that they've sold. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be right up there with Jaws 19. <laughs> 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 so, um, the, whatever. But thank you, Andreas, for your stuff and for your comments about all this. And uh, we will be back in a little bit. You're listening to Goddamn at MHQ. Oh,
見つめる Killing me won't bring back your damn honey! Oh! No, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Anything to say you're mine This episode of Gundam is brought to you by GoDaddy.com Right now they're offering special discounts to our listeners. Just simply go to GoDaddy.com and use the code GUN8 for 10% off any order not already discounted. GUN9 for $5 off purchases that are $30 or more on any items not already discounted. .com domain names are as low as $749 if you use the code GUN10. And last but not least, code 20H1 for 20% off hosting plans. For more information, you can go to Gundam.net and click on the GoDaddy link in the Sponsors and Special Offers section. Don't wait too long. The domain name you've always wanted might be claimed by someone else before you know it. Register with GoDaddy.com today. Someday, someday you'd write. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and for this next topic, we're going to be switching to something that everyone knows and loves or possibly hates. Clichés. So this topic was inspired by an article on the website io9.com, which um, recently had a piece about um, what sort of stereotypes should be used in movies in the future. Specifically, they discussed that um, it used to be in movies that if you had a black president, you knew that the movie was taking place in the future. <laughs> obviously, there were no black presidents, but now we have Barack Obama. So all this cliche has instantly become dated because now a black president is a reality, and now that we've had one, there's no reason to believe that we can't have more because there will be more. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't know. I'm well, <laughs> who knows? Is this in the future? Are but, we in the um, future right now? Because <laughs> Barack Obama's president? Maybe I so. Should have a, I should, if we're in the future, or it's like a year later, I should have a mustache like Battlestar Galactic. There you go. You should. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because it's the future now, you should have had a mustache a year ago to signify that that was the past. That too. Because the mustache right. swings both ways. It's the past and the future. Now, that's a cliche that doesn't need to go away. The Battlestar mustache co- cliche, I think that one needs to be actually be used more. So uh, one of the examples they cited as a, as a cliche that could replace um, the black president is the openly gay general. And they cited as an example 
Captain Jack Harkness from Doctor Who and Torchwood, who, for the record, is not gay, but uh, bisexual, or perhaps omnisexual, because Captain Jack pretty much will screw anything that's bipedal. Whether it's man, woman, human, alien, whatever. Machine. <laughs> Machine, possibly. Um, but he is a guy who, uh, you know, is not afraid to, um, to show his love for men, and he is a very capable commander, and he kicks ass and takes names. He just happens to like screwing guys. So, uh, before we move on to the real meat of this topic, what do you guys think about uh, this example raised by io9 of the openly gay general replacing the black president as a uh, future stereotype movie mm. could be a trendsetter it could be <laughs> yeah but he wouldn't be in the u.s military not at this point oh. well you know <laughs> depends what day right <laughs> well let's just assume it is for a given that uh that in the future that uh, don't ask don't tell will be gone and uh you know, even if it does get wiped out, which looks like there's something toward that right now, you're not going to start seeing uh, someone at the level of, say, David Petraeus come on and say, hey, I'm gay. That's going to take a few decades. Hello. Nice. <laughs> Hello, Tom. Uh, man. We're going to bomb you. <laughs> there's a show that I just finished watching that had an openly gay, um, although you would never be able to tell unless you went to his you know, home and saw how he, you know, who he was living with and got exposed that way, but he didn't hide it. Um, there's a character named Kale Ingram on um, a show that just finished on AMC called Rubicon. Who is a who's gay? Was this on your DVR that you watched this? Actually, I watched that show live. So, um, although my <gasps> DVR could have taped it, I watched it live. Well, but, it, um, well, it, as you it, watch it live, though, the DVR does have that feature where you can rewind all the way back. There was some moments so where what, I, so I it was back. It was working at that time. It, so it, I had options. I had options. But he um, he used to be a CIA agent, and then he became uh, one of the heads at the uh, uh, API, which is the the, the uh, company that all the characters work for, and. Um, total badass. Just think Jack Bauer, but gay. But uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. He was freaking cool. But um, that's it. it. Might become a trope or a, a cliche somewhere down the line. The, the gay badass general. Well, what do you think, Neo? I'm thinking probably more or less something where um, maybe a woman in a leadership role, but not like the always thing where it's like, especially in American television and stuff, it's like the no nonsense woman, like the actually kind of girly girl that's actually a leader. You know, not like she had it tough and she was doing this and you know all this other stuff you know that might be something um so basically not like say a hillary clinton type who has to repress the feminine qualities to play in the man's world but a woman who is in power but is not afraid to be feminine yeah i mean you know she she's a capable leader but you know she'll she can wear like a pink pink dress or something you know it's you know something that you would identify with um a woman that's not as um you know like you said not as hard-edged or not as kind of um kind of manly i guess the way you could say that there was uh, a there was a show that kind of had that character in there a couple years ago um remember that gina davis show where she um, became the president. Yeah. Yeah, she was kind of like that. She had to become. Or um, the captain from the Desco. Yurika uh, from the Desco is kind of like that, too. We're not talking about Japanese robot cartoons. We, 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 we aren't. I, I'm always breaking the breaking the fourth wall. I'm that, sorry. That, and I think, <laughs> I think maybe, um, I guess because we've got the black president out of the way, it probably opens it up for any other minorities when it comes to Hispanic president. Um, I'm sure Asian American president. Um, you know, and you know what they should do the Muslim president. <laughs> nah, that's the far future. Woo, man. <laughs> well, uh, depending on who you ask, because you know that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know why you they, went there. They, they might think we have a Muslim president right now. His. <laughs> 
is but if you ask some, Hussein. <laughs> if you ask someone who's not frothing at the mouth, then yes, that is a future cliche. <laughs> <laughs> One for twenty-one ten. Um, you know, and and maybe. I don't know. I, maybe some of the oh, the other cliche that I I wish they could kind of, if we can get to something I wish they get rid of and it get really just um, annoys the living hell out of me. I know I'm kind of segueing out of this. I'm sorry, Chris, if I'm doing that. You are. Oh, oh okay. No, then I will. Then I will keep it quiet. You, you continue. Then I won't pull a soul bro on you. Let's let's wrap this up and then we'll move on to the things that we personally would like to uh, yeah destroy to to see uh, get uh, jettisoned. So, on the subject of of gay characters, I think that's something that we could see more of as, you know, society moves forward and progress comes at an ever so slow pace. You know, these things become normalized. You know, 40 years ago, you'd never see on TV, um, you know, interracial couples. But now, that's like whatever. You see that all the freaking time. Right. You know, 40 years ago, it was such a controversy when you had um, the first interracial kiss on Star Trek between Kirk and Uhura. Right. But now that happens all the time. That's like completely normal. So, you know, over time, these things that, you know, were once controversial become just the standard way things are. Well, so eventually you're going to see uh, a more normalized depiction of gay people that's not like the ridiculous, stereotypical, you know, depiction of gay people we've had up until, you know, the last few years. And, um, one thing that I would like to see less of is just um, casual throwing out of characters being gay, yet that that admission has nothing at all to do with their character and no impact on their character. For example, um, in Galactic, I don't know if we mentioned this when we talked about the show, that in a webisode series they revealed that Lieutenant Gaeta was gay. Yeah. <laughs> and he had right. a boyfriend in those web episodes. In those yeah, web the episodes. Dude, that, the dude that, was like the, that ended up being the commander at the end. Mm-hmm. For yeah, the remainder but of the fleet. Yeah, they they never talked about that before on that show. They never talked about it again afterwards. So it just sort of seemed like they were just throwing it out there for the sake of saying, "Hey, look, we have a gay character." And I think that's and, I think that's the case that you have is like, I, you know, just to get with that is sometimes I think it all comes down to marketing. I think that people feel that if you have this and it just you, as long as you can say that you have it, then that's going to be one of these things where you can say, oh, we're, we're in tune with society or, you know, we can be diverse and, and, and maybe trying to tap that market. But I don't, yeah. I, I don't understand that anyways when it comes to anything, when they just kind of put out these random things if they're gay or whatever. And it just, yeah. it's just for... What, what it's just, it's, I don't know, like maybe for shock value. Um, I, I another know. example in Caprica, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Adama's brother, the, the Toron gangster, right. you know, they made a few like uh, references to him being gay or at least bisexual, but it's just tossed out there randomly and it's never anything that's explored. Yeah. Oh, didn't it? Yeah, they, they show him living with his, uh, his, his significant other, though, don't What's they? That do they showed that, that dude like once. Really? Yeah. The rest of the time he's out like gambling or killing people. That's yeah. true. <laughs> well, do you feel the same way about um even though it's not a sci-fi show, um Julian from the Shield? They actually integrated that into the storyline. Well, that was so. there from the very beginning, you it know. Was. His him being gay, struggling with it, getting it with a woman, um trying to keep it from all his coworkers, getting mm-hmm. hazed over it, you know. So that was something that was a good exploration of that character because that was his struggle from the very beginning, from literally like the first episode. That is true. And something he struggled with for years. But sometimes it's just garbage. Perfect example, um, in the old Law and Order, the original, um, there were a few seasons where Elizabeth Rome was uh, like the sexy assistant female DA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you watch Law and Order, you know that they don't really delve into the personal lives of um, these characters. 
So uh, there was an episode about like some rapper or something, and she was going to bat for the rapper who was accused of something. So at the end of the episode, Fred Thompson, he fires her. And um, as she's walking out, literally like in the last 30 seconds of the episode, she's like, does any of this have to do with me being gay? And he's like, no. And then she walks out, and the episode ends. What? And I was like, what the f- <laughs> What? What? That is like the most random thing ever. You know, and of course, Law & Order being the show about like the procedure and about catching the criminal, they don't go into the lives of these characters, as I said, but never before this, in like the two or three years she was on that show, did they ever give any hint that she was a lesbian, and then they just literally throw it out there at the last second. Makes no sense. It makes no damn sense. So, um, you know, that's something that could potentially become, I think, uh, a future cliche that we see. Uh, certainly, I think the, the black president has worn out its welcome even without Obama because, you know, anytime there's some disaster in this country, there's always a black president. There you go, man. You, know, Watch you had uh, Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact. Uh, 24, you had two black presidents, and there's massive disasters every single year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Followed, of course, by <laughs> a woman president. Yep. Hey, and then, um, of course, you have uh, Danny Glover in 2012, and I think there was another black president in some, um, some other movie. Um, gosh, I forget what it was. Uh, there was another movie like Deep Impact that came out around that time, but I can't remember who it was. Armageddon. Armageddon. But I yeah, had a black president. Yeah, I can't I recall either. Black. Damn. I, I can't even remember the president in that one. Goes. Oh, Fifth Element too. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The old tiny Zeus Lister man. Hell yeah, yeah dude. So yeah, so uh, I say uh, good riddance to the black president in times of disaster. We don't need that cliche anymore. So now moving on to the main topic of cliches that um, we would like to see go away from American cinema. Uh, why don't we kick it to Neil first since he had something he was trying to get out earlier? Yeah, the one that I just can't stand. I get tired of is super intelligent guy that's like all disheveled and like doesn't you know he's he like lives in a, a rat infested apartment but for whatever reason he's the one that knows how to save the world or it's like it, the biggest example of that is uh the works of jeff globe goldblum oh yeah he's he's like say independence day it, it's exactly it. yeah independence day especially because it's like he was like a cable repairman at working at like <laughs> There's like the, 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 of Comcast. Yeah, he works for Comcast, and they're like saying like he had like a doctorate at MIT, and it's like all these other people can't figure it out, but with the power of his uh, G4 Mac, uh, his G4 <laughs> computer. Dude, don't get me started on Independence Day because Independence Day like has like 20 different cliches uh, that I'm gonna be hitting up on. I'm surprised it didn't have Black President, but it had War Hero President. War Hero President. Yeah. Old Bill Pullman. But that 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 thing that character just and it's so annoying after a while because it's like why can't they just be you know why does the guy if he's so intelligent and stuff why can't he just be kind of like normal maybe upstanding or maybe he isn't on the top tier of everything but why are you making it seem like the guy's like struggling and you know no one you know it's like it's just so stupid it, and i mean i mean for I'm sure How come all these government guys can't do crap, but it's always, yeah. like, the dude who lives in the cave that has all of the answers, even though he doesn't know anything about, like, the secret intelligence yeah. or have access to the advanced technology and, you know, <laughs> isn't part of the military or the military-industrial complex, but he knows all of this stuff better than any of them do. I, I mean, I, I, it's got to be for drama, but it's like, wouldn't, wouldn't it make more sense that, like, maybe the low-end guy in the government agency would figure it out and maybe he sees something that hit the high... That makes a little bit more sense because he has... 
you know, access to the systems, the information, and all that other stuff. But I, well, I, that junk just. I, I can also me. cite uh, Jeff Goldblum's cliche daughter in uh, in that respect. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. the hot chick from the first Transformers movie, mm-hmm. the Australian chick, you yeah. know, who's like oh, the God. hacker yeah. and like massively, instantly figures out everything and completely outwits the DOD. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the help of. Uh, What's this dude's name? Oh, Anthony Anderson? Yeah. Anthony Anderson, <laughs> who's also, who's, who's kind of a funny uh, bent on that cliche because he's just like urban black dude who likes to play video games but also is a computer genius. <laughs> <laughs> and lives with his grandma. <laughs> lives with his grandma. But still, why did these two people figure out, you know, this alien menace and not a single person in DOD can? And, and, and how, what was it? She was able to sneak out, like, top secret information out of, like, the vault that they're in. It's like, you know, in downtown Orlando, they have security cameras all over the place and they can see anything that you're doing, but not not in not in the whatever they were, the NSA or wherever they were supposed to be in that thing. She's able to smuggle out this uber secret material out with like what was their compact or something, her makeup compact. Yep. It's terrible. Let's not forget that she's uber hot, too. Oh, yeah, of course. That's that is the opposite end of the spectrum. But Mm -hmm. the same damn thing at the end of the day is uh, either the the hot lab technician or the the disheveled dude who's a super genius. (laughs) I got one to match Neo. Uh, I got a cliche here, and I'm sure you guys will agree. And this is the cliche, computers. Oh, yeah. I, I hate the depiction of computers in, like, every Hollywood movie ever. Oh, man. Yeah. So you even hate Whopper from War Games? Come on now. I especially Okay, War Games are okay for its time. But I'm talking about, like, like um, almost every freaking movie there is, even these mm-hmm. days, where any single computer is shown to have, like, this uber fancy, like, 3D graphical navigation interface <laughs> where you're, like, traveling through this, like, virtual world to get to the files, especially government computers. Yeah. yeah. And, all, and all of, like, the secret plans for the assassination are so nicely laid out in, like, these nicely designed little, like, 3D worlds and Sweet. they make little swooshing sounds as you move around and, <laughs> yeah, that's... you know, I hate that. And I can understand when it was done when computers weren't so commonplace, but mm-hmm. everybody has a computer now, so why do you keep depicting them that way? Well, the, the other <laughs> Just part... show a freaking, like, Mac screen or Windows, well, not some fancy 3D garbage. The, the other part that I hate about that is the fact that the, the, the standard HP computer you can buy at Best Buy for $500 right. is able to get into all these things. <laughs> into, like, the garment databases? Yeah, it's like, you know, Cracking the, super dis- codes and the shit. disheveled super idiot, or this idiot savant guy is able to use his, his, uh, his, his Hewlett Packard to, um, you know, to get in computer. Yeah, to get into the national database. And then, yeah, like you said, it's able to graphically support all these, like, whooshing and, you know, virtual reality crap in there. I.e. Uh, Kevin Smith's character in um in Die Hard Four, <laughs> and this underground lair with all. Don't get me started on that movie. Oh, and but, here, uh, here's the biggest here's the biggest perpetrator of that. Um, as of recently, remember the movie Eagle Eye? Yeah. Oh my God, dude! No. I didn't see it. Oh, that's the one with Goof LaBeouf, right? Yeah, with Goof LaBeouf, with 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 old left foot. Yeah, LaBeouf. With my left Goof foot. Goof LaBeouf. <laughs> I like I like Shia incidentally, but yeah, that um that movie had the most super of supercomputers in that mess. How it can pre- can predict random events that happen um in the world that that it could it could actually guide people through all sorts of situations and just manipulate things that it's not even connected to. I, 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 so I basically, just, it's a prequel movie to Gundam Double O because it's Vader, right? Pretty much. <laughs> 
Veda, another great example. Although I, I, I'll cut it some slack. Isn't, it's isn't, isn't Goof Laboof? Isn't he now the the new Jeff Goldblum? Because he's kind of the same way, where he's like, whoa, you know, he's all spastic, and you know, he's he's the social outcast, but yet he's able to save the. We're not world. talking about Goof Laboof. No. <laughs> let's, let's let's not talk about him. Um, relating to computers, and I'm sure you can agree with this. That this is horrible too. Hackers. Ooh. It annoys me. Aside from this stereotypical depiction of hackers themselves always being the fat, smelly losers, the concept in, in movies that hackers are people who pound on the keyboard really fast, and that's hacking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Sh- Shaggy did it best. And don't get me started on the uh, the seminal movie of, of this horrible depiction of people, Hackers, which is notable, at least in my book, only for having a very young, topless Angelina Jolie. Yes, yeah. so amen to that. <laughs> Otherwise, that movie was so horrible, even for its time, of, hey, man, my friend just got this awesome new 28.8 motor, man. It's <laughs> fly, man. It's like, ugh, 1995. But no, that movie like is, is the embodiment of every horrible like cliche of depiction of computers, of yeah. the 3D government interface and the computers that can do everything and, you know, like... The idiot kids who can like hack into the government database and you know every horrible thing of computers is is contained in that movie. That and the fact that they're able to do it in five minutes. Yes, like, you know it's like I'm able to. You can type really fast. I can do it. I can type really fast, but yet I can penetrate all these layers of of firewalls and systems and mainframes and all this in five minutes because I'm a hacker. That's what I do. It's like, oh, are you serious? And um. And related to, to this one before we move on, um, that this cliche of computers even extends to sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Because it annoys me anytime I see like a kid playing like a portable video game system, like say a DS or a PSP, but the sounds that come out of it are like Pong-type bleeps and bloops. Or yeah. Donkey Kong noises. Yes, or, or Donkey Kong noises. <laughs> Or Pac-Man noises. Now, I can understand with there being like a retro craze these days. Conceivably, yeah. those kids might actually be playing Pac-Man, but probably not. So why is it that, you know, they can't have like, uh, you know, something a little bit more modern than Pac-Man sound effects in every damn video game system you see somebody playing? Let's face it, it's just a lazy Foley artist. That's all it is. It is. <laughs> just jumping back to the stock sound library. <laughs> so, uh, Sobro, why don't you give us a, uh, a cliche you'd like to see go away? Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Um, the cliche I would like to see go away, and this spans not only sci-fi TV, sci-fi movies and television, but, like, games, especially RPGs and even anime. I'm done with the amnesiac. I'm done with it. And I only have one example that I'm cool with it then, and that's the Bourne movies. Because, of course, you know, those novels have been around for a while, and, and Bourne is such a cool character. I'm cool with it. They play it into the story, and that's the base of the story. But you always got, like, some, some, some girl who's special but can't remember jack about herself <laughs> and things. And, and, and some of my favorite shows are, um, there are, uh, I'd say, uh, they've done this in their shows, like Firefly. I, I, but, you know, Firefly. Uh, no, she wasn't even an amnesiac. She knew exactly who she She's was. She was crazy. Yeah, she was just crazy, and um, she was she was some she was she had some 
some they, locked away memories because yeah. of all the weird things they did to her. Yeah, it wasn't true amnesia, but she had they they messed with her mind a little bit to yeah. suppress some of that stuff. Yeah, her memories were She was more like Born where she was that supposed to be that that heartless kind of uh turn of the moment killer when they needed him yeah. to do it. So But yeah, the amnesiac man, it gets played to death. Um uh, especially, yeah. you know, even though we're not talking about RPGs, RPGs are the biggest perpetrator of that. But uh, yep. I see it in sci fi uh, the second thing I see it mostly in is, is sci fi movies and T V. There's always an anime uh, or anime there's always somebody who suffers from amnesia, amnesia and then their memory kick, in a box their memory kicks in at a crucial point usually when it's um in detriment to the uh, the main character or something like that <laughs> but yeah that that's mine most definitely i just i'd like to see them either put a new spin on it um or just 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 not use it if they can it's a crutch i honestly believe okay neo uh, another cliche this is in line with the black president but it more or less is black people are the first ones to die Especially like in action, especially movies. In horror movies, horror movies or action movies, and and it, and and, and, and uh, you know, it's it's just like you know, Samuel white, Jackson, yeah, it, yeah, shark like, ate me, like deep, deep blue sea. <laughs> At least LL lived. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't have figured that, was that. Probably in the contract, and I'm talking all movies that don't have Will Smith in them up till I Am Legend. <laughs> Because you knew Will Smith was going to live. Woo! They're uh, up until I am legend, I'm saying. Uh, hey, wait, movie- De- Denzel Washington lives in almost every movie he's in, aside from, like, say, Training Day. Yeah. And then even in some movies where he dies in, he lives in, like Deja Vu. <laughs> but <laughs> so- it, 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 it just seems like in every, like, action movie or all this, like, they're the, they're the person that's going to die the quickest or the, or, or the fastest. And it's like, you know, it's like, oh, boy, here comes... Here comes uh, up the black guy. It's, he's, it's, oh, we're about 30 minutes in. The action's picking up. Oh, Gotta boy. Gotta kill the black guy. Oh, boy. Just remember the, the, the last Friday the 13th remake that came out? Yeah, that dude got freaking murked. <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it either, but I heard about it. It was the, the, like, it, the guy, like, the, like in the original Predator, the black guy that freaks out, he gets killed pretty quickly. You know, and it, it, it's, just, it's just all the time. And they've gotten better, like we said, you know, as some of the actors but it just seems like they always die yeah. i would like to see to to play on that uh, on that on that trope i would like to see like a horror movie where it's a bunch of black people and there's a token white dude and, and the he, white dude's the very first one to die yeah and, he, and he's like a frat guy yeah the frat guy because <laughs> the frat guy always has to die anyway yeah and he's, he's all he's worried about is his fantasy football league and and which bitch he's gonna fuck tonight <laughs> so yeah that, that's douche that's that's um that's one that I have a problem with. Okay, um, I'll throw out one that's very popular in sci-fi, especially in Star Trek. And I got I got I got to bash Star Trek a little bit here. I call this one spontaneous invention. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the situation. You, you see it on Star Trek, it happens all the time. It's like, sir, you know, if if we don't contain these these inverse flimflam particles, uh, the Enterprise is going to blow up. But uh, there is no such container for these inverse flimflam particles, so we'll just have to build one. Uh, and then five minutes later, they build one, and then they contain the particles and save the Enterprise. <laughs> yes. It happens all the time in Star Trek. We, this thing that we need to do this thing doesn't exist, so we're just going to invent one right now on and, the spot. And, and, and it's dealing with something that took hundreds of years to develop, like nuclear fusion or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's something very specific. Yeah. 
we're not talking about building a a, a, a mousetrap. We're talking about like some very specific device that inverts some particle or captures some particle or releases some particle or does some technobabble nonsense that no one else in Starfleet has ever been able to conceive of, yet a couple of punks on the Enterprise just think it up and, and poof, it, it's made. The other problem, that, the other one that could go along with that, and we've mentioned it before, is uh, um, uh, super quick uh, repair turnaround time. Of course. It's kind of, the, you know, we've, we've talked about it like in Gundam. <laughs> you mean stuff. the Methus Factor? The Methus Factor, but it, it's Star Trek, you see it too. It's like, you know, they'll, they'll get, they'll meet some alien, they'll get shot up, and it's like, Oh, you know, damage control and all this other stuff. And it's like, instead of, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it hit us really hard and we got to get the engines back online and all this. And it's like, wow, this happened at the beginning, but yet you're able all, to. All, all the rugs in the engine room are nice and clean. Yeah, everything's good. And, and everything's nice and white and shiny. You, you, you're, you're stable. You're stable at the end when you, when you encounter the gem. Not, <laughs> you make it sound like the engines were about to blow up, but, um, and you had all this damage, but yet by the, you know, by the end of the show, you're able to go in there and fight full force with no loss of power <laughs> or anything in there. Or, and sometimes, depending on the model or the computer generation, no damage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's another one man okay uh see what else have we got um Solbro. um i have one and this one might mess with writers a little bit who um and, and, and a lot of a lot of writers have been um they've they've done this and it's been done to death and i don't see it changing anytime soon but um i've always i always have a penchant for noticing the hero's journey in every movie that incorporates it and this is this is um whether it's TV or whether it's sci-fi or movies or whatnot, a lot of movies incorporate the hero's journey into the, sta- into, the into the plot as a, a bit of story structure which to go on. It's been done to death. Look at Star Wars. Perfect example. Star Wars has the hero's journey in it. You got Luke who, you know, yeah, comes know, up with the, the, the story. Yeah, exactly. And um, a lot of other sci-fi um, series and and. and and movies do this. And I've got a name for that because that was in one of my cliches, and you see it in fantasy a lot too. The country bumpkin who's destined to save the world. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's that. That's along with um, that's along with idiot guy that can't pay his rent, mm-hmm. but somehow is a computer genius. Yeah, it you does. It, it's the it, same thing. It, it all it all comes from that principle. And um, although it's interesting to see that, and because it allows you to become attached to that character and watch their growth. It's done so much that, you know, a lot of these movies play off of some of the same things that the, the previous ones did. Oh, you and, think? And just look at Aragon. Um, I never saw it, but um, I watched bits and pieces of it because my, my, my wife yeah. loves that movie. And I, I told her, this movie's freaking Star Wars. Point, <laughs> plain, plain and simple, man. This guy's Luke Skywalker, and every character fits the mold of that movie. And it's, it's basically the hero's journey, just like anything else. Uh, Lord of the Rings, you've got... Um, You've got Frodo, which which is cool because there's a cast of characters in that movie. But like I said, it's been done to death. In, in, in Lord in of the Rings, mm-hmm. source material was made 60 years ago. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. And, and, and that's, Lord that's of the Rings the was like, you know, at the beginning of, of this sort of uh, thing of, you know, the country bumpkin who, uh, who saves the world. I mean, props, yeah. to, props to Joseph if, Campbell for, for, and if for you bringing really that think process about, about it. Probably but, Star Wars ripped off that or oh, had yeah. some type of influence from that. Of but. course. Of course. But I just like to see different kinds of stories in, in sci-fi as opposed to using that a lot of writers using that as a crutch when it comes to uh writing the basis out of a story but that's just me that's okay. just me neo another cliche that uh really rattles you and you want to say go away uh another cliche that especially with um especially with sci-fi is um 
like every alien has to like somehow be formed from like a human is very humanoid <laughs> i understand that the reason why they do it but i think in some ways it, you know it just get kind of old after a while where it's like wow they're human but they got pointy ears and like uh <laughs> scales down their forehead or something like that and it's like it's like the um it, you know the, especially true in like star trek where it's like the, the, pro the kind of the problem i have with it it's like there's so many different species it's like okay you know we, we know the main ones but why do you have to just start thinking up of like all this other stuff what to, to show diversity it's like you don't even have like diversity on your ships when it comes to certain things <laughs> you know the, the the black captain was piloting a space station and um you know it took you forever to get like a lady captain so it's like i don't know it's just it's just kind of like forced diversity that really not needed for some reason especially with like alien species i guess just to make it just to make the point that like this is far into the future and and we explored so much and it's just like you know i i don't know i i, I think klingons and and vulcans and whatever the hell tell they have the blue people and the you know it's like you, ha you have enough you don't need like thousands of people so but that that's one that i i can't stand so okay uh i've got one that um that it shows up in all level of american movies but particularly in uh in sci-fi action movies the uh really dumb american general who uh acts <laughs> like uh angry moronic high school football coach oh, and yes. has no knowledge of like military tactics and procedure and cannot think outside of a very small idiot box and always gets shown up by the scrappy lieutenant who yeah. knows exactly what's going on yeah kind of relating to what we talked about earlier happens all the freaking time yeah no that's that's true or or or, or in a grand scheme of things like the military are a bunch of idiots like they're yes they, they they're they're unable to fight something but yet the you know like you said the the the, the sub-level lieutenant or like a bunch of people from some city you know like the the hooker with the heart of gold and like the reformed <laughs> thief and like the social outcast and the you know that that whole like the breakfast club you know they defeated the aliens you know it's kind of like that that stuff that stuff's annoying too where it's like this this whole thing of like social outcasts and you know these people on the fringes of society they're able to do something that the united states military can't do it's like Okay, and, and then like you said, the generals are just like so incoherent and just like fly off the handle, and they're like, well, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, yeah, it's like, geez, I, I've never seen our, our generals do that when they talk about our wars and stuff. I can't, I'm sure they get mad, but they're not going to think outside of the thing of tactics or strategy, and yeah, that's... Well, this sort of relates to um, what we discussed uh, in the past, the galactic heroes uh, cliche of... <laughs> You know, I have this plan to win, and it's all that matters. The actual conditions on the battlefield mean nothing. <laughs> yeah. We have to win. My plan is perfect. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand why I got beat. Ah. It's like, yeah, it's it, and that that's the whole thing. But that's the whole thing behind Reinhardt. He's just you, you can feel his pain because it's like, oh, these people are so stupid. They don't understand. But yeah, so I I, I can't stand the uh, the dumb generals. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so bro, another another cliche that you want to see go away, please. Um, I guess uh, uh, out of all the mo all the all the franchises out there that uh do this a lot, I gotta I gotta point at the the James Bond movies that do this the most. Uh, and and we've thought about this in the anime cliches too. The um the Uber weapon, the the super weapon that um a that weapon the of doom, weapon of doom that the, <laughs> that the main characters have to stop from going off or have to acquire or, or whatnot. You know, it's always like the the third act vehicle. 
<laughs> in which to stop before a major cataclysm happens. And um, yeah, that is yeah, annoying. it's been done. It's been done quite a bit. Um, it, I, I wouldn't mind to see it if it's in the first or second act and they get it out the way and they come up with something even more interesting for the third act uh, to ramp up the stakes, you know, that, that, to bring things up to epic levels. I'm cool with that because I, I don't think it's ever going away. But the uh, yeah, the Uber weapon, it's been done t- way too many times. Okay. Neil? I guess on the on the thing of um, the Uber weapon would be the secret, the secret weapon that's so highly advanced that it's almost too advanced for even the existing technology in the in the show that you're talking about i.e. like we've discussed with like Gundam and stuff where it's like <laughs> you have all the, you, you know you still have cars with wheels and and uh, you know you still use like gunpowder for your guns but yet you have a uh, robot bipedal robots that can fly on their own it just I, I don't know there's just like this sense of reality sometimes it's like i understand that you're trying to do something when it comes to like excitement and all that but let's kind of put the um you know let's kind of put the ships and you know the the weapons and stuff within some type of reality where it's just like there's such a far skew between what we're seeing in everyday life with these people and it's like wow this machine it's like you know so advanced it is truly science fiction (laughs) 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 so but that that would be that would be one that i I uh, could like to see go away. Okay. Um, I'll have to make a special mention of uh, a type of movie that I love, but um, also sometimes loathe. Mm -hmm. And that is the zombie movie, which uh, has its own subset of cliches that uh, it slavishly, or you could say mindlessly follows. Right. (laughs) Yes. And, um, you know, as much as I love the fun of the zombie apocalypse, there's some things that annoy me that keep coming up in every one of these movies. For example, um, someone getting bitten and trying to hide it to create some drama because eventually they'll get discovered and then you got to kill them and then they'll try to come back. Maybe they'll eat somebody. Maybe they'll shoot them before then. It's like. I hate it when I see that cliche. I can't stand that cliche of the person trying to hide the bite, yeah. which is why I liked it in 28 Days Later. You know, they had it that if you got infected, you're done in 30 seconds. Yep. Yeah. Snap, snap judgments. Shoot them. That's it. <laughs> None of this. I'm going to hide it until I turn. Or, or the subset of that one is you, it turns you very quickly unless you are like a named character or you're some it takes a of, lot longer. It takes a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how important you are to the story, the zombification takes a lot longer or happens really fast. Yeah. Number two in zombie movies, uh, characters who within like the rules of their own world will suddenly do something very stupid. Yeah just for the sake of the story that they wouldn't have done before. Yeah. Like, oh, let me go into this dark place and not take my shotgun with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man. That's why I like, you know, for example, in Zombieland, where this dude uh, had his rules. Yeah. Like, don't take a crap because the zombie's going to get you in the toilet. Oh, mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, um, all those rules that he followed were basically skewering all these cliches that you see in zombie movies, which is why I love that movie so much. <laughs> I think that's why everybody loves that movie, because it is like the anti-zombie movie, zombie movie. Um, Double tap. (laughs) Yeah, you got double tap. So Always wear your seatbelt. Exactly. (laughs) You know, all those things that that... Zombie kill of the week. (laughs) 
basically that movie I will refer you to because that movie addresses all the complaints I have of cliches in zombie movies. Yeah. And it's one of the few zombie movies that actually has a relatively happy ending. I mean, yes. gr- granted, the world is still screwed. It's That's a cliche from zombie movies I can't stand. Either everybody dies or you just assume that everybody's going to die when the, after the after the final scene ends out because they always leave you on you know on some hopeless cliffhanger that you know the the, yeah. the cast from the previous movie zombie land doesn't do that to you they they leave you in a position where they these people together working together will have a future even in this effed up world well i would refer you to the uh the book world war z which is being turned into a movie yeah where um you know you have this gigantic zombie war that spreads across the entire world for a decade mm-hmm. but humanity eventually fights back and perseveres and beats back the zombies and exactly. civilization returns yeah that's also a, a sort of cliche buster, which is why I enjoy that book so much, and hopefully that movie, if it's done well. And, um, oh, we can't forget about The, the Walking Dead starting soon on AMC. Man, I haven't read the comic at all, but um, we're, we're bound to see mad zombie cliches in that. But I hear that it, um, it, it breaks a lot of those cliches, too, in, in that show, in that, or in that, in, that, in that comic. So I'm looking forward to that. I guess we'll see. Uh, Sobro, uh, your turn. Mine, um, this is probably my last one because I can't think of many more, but um, I-, I do like this cliche anytime it happens. I- I'm quite fond of the corporate bastard, you know, like Burke and Aliens and um, a- a- and any other uh, James Cameron movie. There's always a Dick corporate Jones. bastard. Dick Jones, my favorite, my favorite. His- I work for Dick Jones. Dick Jones. You're fired. <laughs> Dick, you're fired. Thank you. <laughs> Freaking love that movie. That's my first corporate bastard right there, man. Then everybody else is uh everybody else comes comes second to Dick Jones. But um yeah, it's cool because Are you usually, serious? Usually the dickheads Dick Jones is better than Gordon Gecko. The embodiment well, of I'm corporate talking about, I'm bastard. Talking about, sorry, in, in the hey, real, in Gordon the Gecko didn't have fiction. robots. Yeah, oh, in, that, in, well, in if he could have, he would have. Gordon Gecko is the definitive I'm telling corporate you, bastard. He, yeah, uh, but um, in sci-fi movies, uh, okay. I would say Dick Jones is the guy, and then Burke would probably be the second because James Cameron has been remaking Burke every film since, so, <laughs> including Avatar, including Avatar, With, especially uh, freaking Giovanni uh, Ribisi. Exactly, same dude, different movie. <laughs> Not but as yeah. not as funny. Cause at least at least Paul Reiser was entertaining. And Paul Reiser got Merck. Um Giovanni yeah, Rubisi, he got off light, real light, which I was a little upset about. But um that that's that's Damn, you're telling me the whole thing of Avatar. Oh you're man. You're spoiling it for me now. Hey, someone has to. <laughs> you're welcome. Don't don't worry. You're welcome. I wasn't gonna go see it. There you go. There you go. I faced up to that. No. <laughs> Okay, so I think we should make this the last round, and um, in this one, I just maybe quickly run through maybe a list of a couple of honorable mentions All right. at once. So, uh, Neil, you're up to bat. Um, the uh, one cliche that I'm, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a cliche, but I guess it's kind of a feeling, is with all the like comic books and graphic novels that are being good, because that book or something was good, the movie's automatically going to be good, because you know there's some movies that just aren't very good, especially when they adapt them. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily a cliche, or just kind of... Um, I, I guess in, in the terms of that, because of their... Adapt- I think more of a state of mind on the terms of the, on yeah. the part of the fan. I, I guess maybe one of the things is maybe because of the... like A lot of them were like some of the late 90s, and the 80s graphic novels where they have like the the hope the you know the kind of justified or lovable anti-hero where it's like you know the guy had like all this crap happen to him 
and but he's really you know he's the heart of gold killer basically <laughs> you know he'll go out and do what needs to be done but you know he's still got that picture of his young daughter and his uh his his ex-wife or his dead wife and it's just like you know it's and, and i guess that's kind of in the same aspect of like um um you know kind of the idiot savant that can only save the world like this guy can only save the world because he went through all this all this heartache and pain that oh yeah he's the only one that's going to be tough enough to do what needs to be done we're looking at you, Solid Snake. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So, Just kidding. <laughs> that, that's that's definitely one. And um, I don't know. Maybe um, I don't know, Chris. I, I I don't know if I have too many more that really bother me. Okay. I think we've I think we've hit on most of them. So I've got a couple in my list of honorable mentions, or perhaps dishonorable mentions. Go for it. Um, any cliche used in any movie by James Cameron that's called Titanic or Avatar. <laughs> Oh, Including, man. but not limited to, the um, the uh, stand-in Native Americans who um, need to have the white man come in to go Native and become their savior and uh, lead them to the right path, even though he's the outsider and doesn't know shit about them. It's like, didn't Kevin Costner already do this? <laughs> yes. And so did Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Um Oh, the the five minute montage that uh, turns you from like a complete useless person into an elite warrior. <laughs> <laughs> so the training, so inspired by the training montage of Rocky Four. <laughs> yeah, but at least he was just training and was already yeah. a boxer. I'm talking like the guy who starts off as just like a pencil nose geek, and then in five minutes knows everything about like guns and swords. That was the one I forgot about. That's the one that bothers me. Is that one? Yeah, the the person, yeah, who's just kind of useless at the be at the beginning, and then is like even better than the master at the end. Uh, what, what about Wanted? Um, with the main character from that movie, that they had a montage in that too. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, they did. A lot, a lot of movies have that montage. Yes, man. Avatar is the biggest perpetrator of that too. Although you know, to the character's credit, he was a space marine, so I guess that's got to count for something. But he becomes like he becomes Tarzan within five minutes of that movie. No, you know that that just. Reminds <laughs> Reminded me of another. That's remind me of another cliche that I hate. What's the up? fact that uh, that the marine has to be a space marine. Hell yeah, dude! It's like, <laughs> is it isn't a marine a marine? It's like, it, or anything is like space, like space YouTube or something like that. You know, everything is just like just to, it, it's got some like descriptive thing showing that it's like futuristic or in space. Just to just to denote that it's futuristic or it's in space. I'll I'll let two guys get away with that. Paul Paul Verhoeven and and James Cameron cuz <laughs> they were the first two to bring those guys to screen. So I I'm I'm cool with them, but yeah, but that, it, it's almost something you come to expect from those guys, but they do use them to death, man. Jesus. Well, camera does anyway. Well, I'm just I'm just talking about using the word space just to space. be like Space Marine. It's like okay. Spacebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, but for my last two uh, honorable mentions, uh, these are straying into the world of comedy, but I feel like mentioning them just because they're so prevalent and annoying. Mm -hmm. uh, number one. This one specifically is in the realm of romantic comedy, and I won't name any specific movies because the description I'm about to give describes ten zillion different movies. Nice. Okay, tell me if you've heard this one before. 
uh, dude gets with some chick under false pretenses, and everything is going on is fine under said false pretenses until he discovers that he actually digs her. Oh no! And then dude decides to be with you know chick until she invariably finds out that he lied to her, and then is like, screw you. Then dude wallows in self depression, having uh, memory montages of their time together, which usually is very short. And then at some point, uh, his quirky friend will give him a uh, simplistic bit of advice that clears up everything and gives him genius inspiration he will then run over to the girl's house usually in the rain and he'll be like oh my god i love you so much i want to stay with you forever and then chick will be like okay i'll second guess myself and i'll stay with you forever even though you lied to me the end (laughs) okay although our relationship was built upon a lie (laughs) yes and and even though i was right the first time to tell you to screw off i'll uh, i'll change my mind yeah That, that one's got to go away and lastly Another one from the world of comedy. Uh, the main character, who usually is a dude, will have like a quirky, funny best friend, usually who is a fat guy, because yes. fat guys are funny. Our minority, Seth, who, Seth Rogen. Anything with <laughs> Seth Rogen in it. Who has a girlfriend who's very weird and annoying and oh, yeah. always makes the guy do like very strange, emasculating things that he finds very painful, like going to yoga classes or something like that. Oh, you must be watching Bored to Death. <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis, straight but up that hap- but, but that's not the only... And for a show that, you know, twists a lot of things around, it mm-hmm. disappoints me that they use that cliche. Yeah. But there's lots of things that use that cliche, and it's always annoying. Like, why can't, um, you know, the main character's friend be a woman who has a really weird boyfriend who does weird things? Why has it always got to be, like, some crazy neurotic woman who forces her boyfriend to come along to all these embarrassing things that he hates? <laughs> Yeah, an- an- another one that I just thought of too, and we can finish up is um, is old like old master sensei guy that finally that shows you what to do, but as as you're about to unlock your potential, they suddenly have like mystery cough up blood disease or something and they die like at the at the last minute before you're like actually get your training complete or you or you finally figure out what what they meant after they died and then that becomes your your inspiration to do whatever you need to do that's annoying too <laughs> allows the character okay. to break through yeah so bro a uh, list of honorable mentions to wrap things up I can only think of two, um, and this is no reference to uh, a character from Star Trek, but uh, Chekhov's gun and the MacGuffin, which a lot of things are. <laughs> a lot of things that are. are a lot Explain of Chekhov's gun for those who think that it's Pavel Chekhov holding a phaser. <laughs> <laughs> Where um, a- an item of importance gets introduced without much explanation um, in, the, in the story, you know, but it, it holds. It ends up becoming a focal point towards the end of the story. Um, well, let me jump in and, yeah, and explain it the way the Anton Chekhov go ahead, go ahead. said it. He says, if you fire a gun in Act 3, it better have been shown on the mantelpiece of the yeah. fireplace in Act 1. Yeah. And if you have the gun on the mantelpiece in Act 1, it better be fired by the end of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Space Whale. Space Whale is the biggest perfect child. Space Whale is shown in the beginning of Seed. You never hear that thing ever again. <laughs> I think it's in some of the astrays they mention it, but other than that, in the shows, no Space Whale. They introduced it like, ooh, this is 
Look at my space whale. This is so important. And it's like nothing. And of course, the MacGuffin, Solbro, please, please uh, explain that. The MacGuffin is, um, is, is, is an item that is integral to the story. You know it from Jump because it's what the main character is either after or trying to protect um, from, you know, hideous evil forces who are trying to also get it. Um, you know, like, and like the, the, corollary, the corollary to that sometimes or oftentimes right. is the MacGuffin itself is completely irrelevant. It's just the chase for it that matters. Yes, yeah. yes it is. Just, I uh, just reference the Maltese Falcon and same in the movies have just try, uh, have done the same thing. I'm talking about stuff like you don't even know what the MacGuffin is, for example, uh, oh. Ronin. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, you never even find out what exactly the MacGuffin was. It's a great movie, mm-hmm. but they never tell you what it was. They just leave you to assume what it is. Okay. Uh, I think Mission Impossible 3 had a MacGuffin that you don't remember. They never Never say what it was, and um, also the first act of uh, Pulp Fiction had it too. With what, what was in the suitcase, you never saw what was in there. But that was definitely what Jules and, and Vincent were after when they went and shot those dudes up in the apartment. But uh, a miniature case of the McGuffin right there. <laughs> I love those names sometimes. All right, well, uh, I think we've spent a good about a good amount of time discussing some some cliches in American movies that uh, can go away that we would mm-hmm. like to see go away, but. You know, knowing the reality of Hollywood won't because Hollywood just cracks up the same garbage over and over again all the time. So all the time. expect to see these cliches probably in even more force now, now that we've raised them to your attention if you hadn't thought about them before. <laughs> so we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every goddamn word I have to say! I'm tired of other anime podcasts being such a starfest. My plan was perfect, but there was one thing I overlooked. One factor I failed to calculate. He's a dumbass. I hate Narutards. Oh my god, he's wet. And I'm sick of the giant Moe monster wreaking havoc in my anime city. So what's my solution? Make a better podcast than everyone else. Well, at least I try anyway. Join me, Josh Dunham, as I talk about my ideas and opinions about current Japanese music, games, and anime. You can find my weekly podcast at www.animation.blogspot.com. That's A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-N. I review the new shows and manga coming out of Japan, as well as ye old goodies. So check me out. I'm only a Google search away at animation. A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-N. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all. From the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, 
They would want to be just as you are. That name. Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny. You shouldn't blame me. This is mankind's dream. Mankind's desire. Mankind's destiny. Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. This is pretty cool. As a karate expert, I will not talk about anyone up here. Because our children can't afford to live anywhere. Nowhere. There's nowhere to go. Once again, why? You said it, the rent is too damn high. Thank you, Mr. McMillan. Mr. Cuomo. First time with Jimmy, the rent is too damn high. Welcome back to episode 65 of Gundam at MAHQ. And um, in this episode, we, the people of Gundam, we, we continued our Straight Talk Express with um, our intended guest for the previous episode, Andres Serrato. Um, we talked about the merchandising aspect of the, um, the effects of the, the, the shutdown of the Nikon blog with the, with the trolls that, uh, that assailed him and, and, and um, Actually, encourage them to end the blog. Let's be politically correct. Troll Americans. Troll Americans. <laughs> but um, and and we got his thoughts on the whole subject, and um, we enjoyed that quite quite a bit. And then we also talked about uh, cliches in sci-fi, um, TV, and film, as well as other other mediums that we'd like to see go away. Uh, and and we talked about that too. But um, oh, we forgot about the King Arthur. That was oh. that was a cliche that I'd like to see go away. <laughs> forgot about that one. That's the hero's journey right there. Yeah. Well, it goes right back to that. Yeah. But um, before we uh, before we wrap this up, any other um, any other anything else you guys have to say? No. Well, dang. All right. Well, um, America. Just, just let you guys know. Always check out uh, mahq.net, the uh, Mecha and Anime headquarters, Gundam.net for links and more to our other social uh, social networking sites, and you can find us on um, iTunes, and you can reach us by email by going to GundamMahq at gmail.com. and there's nothing else. We'll see you guys next time on episode 66 of Gundam at MAHQ. Say that. It's not the end. I'll call a doctor, so just... Ever since my memories have come back, I've been feeling so very afraid. A teacher who wasn't a teacher. Friends who don't have memories to share. Everyone was just lying. It felt as though the whole world was spying on me. That's the world you've been fighting all by yourself, isn't it? All alone. So that's why I... Oh, I wanted to be someone who would at least be truthful to you. Surely. Lulu, I love you. Even knowing how you caught my father in all this, I simply couldn't hate you. Even though you made me forget everything, I still fell in love with you. Even though my memories were tampered with, I kept falling in love with you all over again. No, Shirley! You can't die! No matter how many times I am reborn, 
I'll keep falling in love with you, Lulu. I suppose that it's simply fate. No, don't die! I order you not to die! So is that okay then, Lulu? And as I'm reborn, I'll fall in love with you over and over. I'll keep falling in love with... Surely! Surely! MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production. Come on, mother... Mitz! Get in here. I got a little announcement I want to make. I know a lot of you guys have seen me around town going, hey, there's Steve, the new guy, running shit, the cockfighter. Well, I have a confession to make. My name's not Steve. And I'm not a cockfighter. I'm a ball player. And not just any ball player. I'm Kenny Miss Powers. And I reveal myself to you all here upon this field. Behold! It's my rookie card. It's me on the front. Y'all want to just pass this around so you can just see it? I'm gonna need to get it back though. You know, I see the look on your faces. You're thinking, hey, Kenny, you're from America. You probably have a printer. You could have just gone on the internet and printed that bitch. Yeah, you know what? I could have. Except for one fact. I don't own a printer. And I hate computers. All kinds. I come here today not just to bash on technology, but to offer you all a proposition. Let's face it. Y'all suck. Don't get your feelings hurt, all right? Don't get sensitive on me here. I suck too right now. I'm in the darkest third world hole I've ever been in in my entire life. About a thousand hundred million miles from where I should be. And the only way for me to get back there is for us to join forces. If we can make enough noise down here, then just maybe everyone in America will hear us. Everyone will. And they will all know that Kenny Powers is in fact the Christ figure that they perceive me to be. So if you all don't believe my words, then perhaps you will believe this. Anyone have a ball? Can I get an El Ballo? Right there? Woo! Okay, got it. Behold this, boys. Try and find out this, alright? If this was America, you'd have a radar gun, and right now, it would read 101. When's the next game, coach? Friday. See you, dumb mother... Hoo-dee-ya! There. Where's the baseball card? It's worth five bucks. Take that with me. Shh, trying to pocket it. Keep my... Miss... Eye on you. All right, don't forget. My number's 55. Rogers, what carajos está pasando, wey? Woo! Mitz. Friday. Okay, acabamos de contratar a Kenny Powers. 